Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Legion Outpost. I'm here with Adam and we have a special guest. Alan, how are you? Oh, just peachy. How are you doing today? Well, all's good here in, uh, good. you know, 21st century Sydney, but we're about to explode into the 31st century and beyond. Now, mm. Alan, am I right? Your reputation, um, I'm renowned as a lightweight, but your reputation is you're a heavy hitter that rivals and perhaps even beats Adam the Computer. Uh, what is the... What is the <laughs> I wanted to get your kind of, like origin story on legion and and also you know you into comics as well so can you give us the backstory sure i'll give you the i'll give you the nickel tour for three cents it's um i started reading with using comic books so yep we're talking three years old um i had an older brother who had a bunch of the old adventure comics legion stories cool because well i'm i'm an older man i was born I, I was born in the late 60s, so... You're only a bit older than me, then. That's okay. <laughs> no, I was born... Yeah, born in 68, and by 1971, I was, starting, I was starting to read, and I have my brother's old adventure comics mostly, although there were other sources, you know, obviously. Sure, sure. But, um... So, right from the start, I have been a big Legion fan. Uh, mostly DC, because that's what he had yep. when I was growing up. And... I picked up my first comic, bought my first comic book at like seven years old, and it was the it was Superboy number two hundred, the wedding mm. of Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel. Oh yeah, uh, we've cool. done that on the show. I think the wedding, yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Cool. Oh yeah. Wow. And I have been so I've been collecting off and on. I didn't really start collecting in earnest until after I graduated from high school, and then it's like, okay, I think really? I'm actually going to keep these and not read the covers off of them. Sure. Mm, yeah. And, and so, who are your that, other, as well as Legion? I mean, who are your other favorites, or is Legion your number one? Like, you know. I'm sorry. Uh, there, are, there are other favorites. What? <laughs> and, and where, and where well, are you on crypto? Do you like crypto? I love crypto. Yes. Thank you. Good. Good answer. I, mean, I, I like. You know, it's funny. I like. I like all the super pets, but even though I have cats, Streaky. I still like crypto better than Streaky. Yeah, Streaky's good, but he's not as good as Crypto. Um, there's also right. Comet the Superhorse, which I like. Yes. I Adam Adams made some disgraceful comments about Comet in recent shows. Uh, yeah, it's I've just like sometimes uh, I find I'm polarized by your take sometimes, David. Like Even <laughs> if I didn't know I hated something, you just get on here and you start talking about it. I'm like, God, I really hate Crypto now. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, sad. No, I do sad. love Crypto, and my kid loves, um, she loves dogs, so I've you know, surrounded her with some crypto. Um, uh, and actually, good. this um, this first uh, Silver Age story, Adventure Comics 240, uh, while preparing for the show, this was the first time I ever was able to read a comic book with her. Um, oh. So she, she really liked this one, yeah. Oh, I like gee. that. But, you know, there we go. Raising families leads now post. <laughs> yes. There we <laughs> well, go. Uh, sorry, I, I was, yeah, was going to say, um, I find that kids can't understand panels right sure. so if they see right. five pictures of crypto on the page yeah. she thinks there's five dogs on the page she Love doesn't understand it, it. yeah so i had to do the like guided view um version <laughs> for her so yeah anyway sorry i continue i love it oh, no, no. um no i do have other favorites uh the justice society of america especially the 
pre-crisis justice society and maybe a little into it afterwards once he once you started getting into jeff johns and the super duper legacy version i was a little not quite as impressed but then again i've got a reason to love the jsa because i'm named after the golden age green lantern all right wow my my dad was born in 1931 he was a big comic book collector uh, when he was a little kid, because that was the thing to do. So, sure. by the time World War One broke out, you now he had World War One. World, World War One. I was going to say out. World War One. He goes right back to then, back to the ancient days. <laughs> he was Merlin. He aged backwards. No way. Um, no, World War One. That would be my grandparents. Sorry. WW two, the big one, the one yes. we didn't lose. In the words of Johnny Cash. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. By that point, he um, throughout the war, he had a closet full of comic books and his big favorite was alan scott the really? green lantern wow when i was yep when they when i was expected they were trying to figure out what to name me if i was sure. going to be a boy yeah here i was the third boy to come along in yep. the family I, i'm the fifth of six children but then they decide wow. let's na- let's give him a name that starts with an a because his because his grandparents both his grandfathers both have names that start with an a right. okay that's fine so dad goes to talk to his older brother about about some ideas and his older brother says well what about the what about that that one guy wasn't he alan something albert yeah. something yeah uh-huh and so that, Love it. And so that yes it's it's a family tradition That's dad cool. older brother me comic books Love it. and it even it's landed me it uh it's landed me a couple of gigs where i've done some pres- presenting i've taught uh units on comic books when i was a graduate assistant and i've also done a chapter in a book called teenagers from the future wow essays on the legion of superheroes that's pretty cool that's pretty i should be doing some talks on punisher (laughs) jesus i Uh could i could do like four hours on punisher couldn't i adam oh yeah oh judge dread i could do i could do a whole course (laughs) i have heard in enough of you talking about the Punisher to know that you could give at least one, at least one good seminar on it. Uh, yeah, I could give a few more than six. one, but yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you, might have, you might even have at least one person show up. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd be contractually obliged, Adam. As uh, you know, yes, I'd fly in <laughs> uh, Australia. Um, well, that's pretty cool. Like, and did, so did you like back in the Just Society when they do the meetups with the JLA? Because that's what I enjoyed. You know, the, the meetups. Yeah, that was my first exposure to them was the JLA, JSA team-ups. First one I can remember actually having and reading was the one that had Carrie Bates and Elliot Magan from Earth Prime. That's around 123 and 124, if I remember right. Carrie Bates. We'd love to get him on on the Legion at some point. We've just got to find him. He's tough to find. Yeah, that's true. I did notice he did a lot of. It, he was heavily involved in that old Superboy TV series from the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They, they, and uh, I was going to say that was the only way to read the JSA, right? Was when they showed up in JLA for a while, right? Yeah, uh, there would be occasional reprints of JSA stories in like the hundred-page giant JLA issues. I think they had one that. Reprinted a couple of them, but I can't remember which one it was. Except that it also had the story of Vandal Savage um, cool. when Vandal Savage was kidnapping all of the JSAers, and the Flash of Earth One was helping out. Yeah, I, I, I prefer, yeah. dude. I prefer 
when the JSA are in their own world. You know what I mean? I, I always, so I. yeah, I always think that like they suffer because they're, they're like the granddaddies, but they're in the same world as you know whatever the current iteration of the Justice League is. I reckon they're yeah. better when they're in their own world and they can do visits. So do I. I much prefer the old multiverse setup. I mean, I was seven, seven, eight years old reading about the multiverse and saying, oh, okay, so that's how it works. I didn't have a problem with it. No, that's right. Yeah. And on one planet, there was the freedom fighters fighting the Nazis. And so it wasn't that hard to understand, you know? Yeah, no. and I mean, at this point, they're bringing it even into the movies. So, you know, clearly they think people have progressed enough that they can understand the concept, you know? That's right. Well, yeah, once, uh, I think once sliders took off in the 90s, that they, mm-hmm. they started to realize, oh, no, people really can understand this. Great show. Great, great yes. callback. Great callback there. You sliders. know, it's weird. I was thinking about sliders earlier today, but only because I always get movies that end with ERS or shows confused with each other. So, like, <laughs> sliders and clockers and, I don't know, a few others. <laughs> I always get it mixed uh, up. That's uh, good show. about my extent of it. Generally speaking, the only... Uh, the only time I usually think of sliders is if we drive past a White Castle. Yeah, I yes. was about to make that joke as well. That's what I was thinking of in terms <laughs> of sliders. Over there, Dave? No, or, but we have know, we, like... we have the slider burger things like um yeah. at the cinemas and stuff. And I was that's literally what I was thinking of. Do you remember Alan? And I I'm in a I'm in my own reality where I feel like no one remembers this episode of Sliders. It's a Sliders episode. It would have been like the show had been going for a couple of seasons. Like it wasn't the first season. Mm-hmm. Cold open, they're on the run from those alien things. It's an excellent episode. It just starts right mm-hmm. in the middle of a scene where they're where they're getting really hammered by these aliens, and the whole episode is them on the run. It's a really yeah, good I episode. That one, yeah, it was one of my favorite. I always liked that because they sort of um, instead of the normal setup, you know how the normal setup of sliders was they go to a new world, it would be the shopping world or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one was it was very dramatic. I, it was one of my favorite yes. episodes. Um, yeah, but anyway. And I, and I remember one that, that actually made me think back to that first JLA, JSA team-up that I read. It was a parallel Earth they went to where everything was about what was occurring about 10 years later. Yeah. So, like, the year was mm. the year was still, like, whatever year it was, but everything was, was as if it were 1984 or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's no, interesting. That was pretty cool. All right, so um, Legion is your all-time. Are they your favorite comics? Uh, the Legion, is that mm-hmm. your favorite group of all time? Yeah? yeah. That's my favorite group of all time. My very three favorite superheroes of all time are all Legionnaires. They're Brainiac 5, Bouncing Boy, and Pharaoh Lad. Okay. Hey, can good I ask? Uh, yeah, they're good picks, but Pharaoh Lad, does he get that much of a run? Isn't he only in a little bit of stuff? He doesn't get that much of a run, but it's kind of what he stands for, and right. the the story the story behind him, the whole he was gonna they, that shooter wanted to reveal that he was a black guy, and and oh yeah um, yeah that's right Weisinger yeah. said yeah Weisinger saying oh no we can't do that and it's <laughs> it like, won't yeah. sell comics in the south and all that stuff you know whatever uh, it was. yeah like okay, you know that's why he, that, that's why he killed Pharaoh Lad off so quickly Jesus because he had the idea and he was like. Well, fine. You're not going to let let me do this. I'm going to leave, and I am going to at least break this one this one fucking toy so that you can't yeah. you can't mess him up. No dream girl. I noticed no dream girl. That's that's a show. Uh, you know, she gets she, well, she misses you out. Know. You know, dreamy misses out. Well, but, you know. You know so, 
let's just say some of us butter our bread a little differently. I understand. What you, I, I, I read the subtext. That's fine, you know. But like, <laughs> she's still rolling around. Uh, d- don't worry. There's plenty of love. There's plenty of love for Dream Girl coming from me. So it's okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I will say though, Bouncing Boy was just kind of a cool one because he's kind of a the the way they originally wrote him. He actually, if you think about it, is kind of a dumbass. Yeah, oh for sure. He's fat. He's fat and a dumbass. And I'm fat, but I'm smart. So (laughs) he's lovable though. He's lovable. Yeah, that's why I'm fat, lovable, and smart. That's why I had that Brainiac Five in the mix too. Can you can you bounce around like Bouncing Boy? Because that'd be cool. You could do that. Like Almost. Bounce around the room. Almost, except these days I'm afraid I might break a hip. <laughs> um, Adam, who, what are you, who are your three favorites, Adam? I forget. It's Cosmic Boys, Ooh. one of them, isn't it? Yeah, Cosmic Boys up there. Um, I always think Ultra Boy is cool. I kind of like his cool. power set more than I like his personality sometimes. Sure. Um, <laughs> Dream Girl's a favorite of mine, too, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I love them all. So it's you do. Ultra Boy is the one Boy. whose power he has. The one he 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 has multiple powers, but he can only have one at once. That's Ultra Boy. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, I as always, a matter of yeah. fact, for I used to play a, a hero system gaming. Um, it was called Champions. Mm. Then they later called it Hero System, and they had what was called the power framework called the multi power. If you had what was called ultra slots, you could only use one power at a time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Was this in a reference to like DC things, though? I guess. Yeah, it was. It was oh, definitely. Okay. A, it was definitely a Super Bowl or an Ultra Boy reference because this was late '80s. Let's see, it was 1989 when I first started playing Hero System, which had that that particular iteration of the book had a cover by none other than George Perez. Wow! Thank mm. you, rest in peace. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the great George Perez uh, recently. Yeah. And he did a bit of uh, Legion, didn't he? Like, not too much, but like right. a little bit, yeah? Yeah, he Some covers did do a bit. Series. Mm. Some covers. He did Legion of uh, Final Crisis, Legion of Three Worlds. Yes. He, my favorite thing of his was uh, actually a double-page spread in one of the old little DC digests. Mm. You know, the, the little ones where they they sometimes have to rearrange the panels to make them fit. Mm. Um, and they had a two-page spread of him with... Uh, a, him drawing the Legion and some of the costume designs, he changed some things up and uh, some of the designs made it be- made it in some form or another on into the actual pages of the book mm. quite some time later. Mm. Like Timberwolf's costume, Shadow Lass is uh, one with the big with the big high collar, those kinds of things. Is, is this when he did that Element Lad design that looks like a Kirby design? No, that wasn't him. That was um, oh. Jim James and Jack Abel. Oh, okay. I'm impressed at the way you're just ripping these names out, man. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no wonder you're uh, teaching courses on this kind of stuff. You're just, yeah, that's Jim James and Jim Abel. Bang. You know? My, well, I, I got to admit, you know, they were always my favorite growing up, and it was really easy to grab my brother's old copies of them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Just say, so, yeah, you took over. All right. Well, um, that's a fascinating backstory, far more fascinating than me, uh, with my purchasing of uh, Batman and the Outsiders, which is basically what it started for me. Um, now, nothing wrong with Batman and the Outsiders. Nothing there, wrong at all, my friend. Nothing wrong at all. The episode with uh, the issue with uh, Ronnie Reagan turns up, I believe, from memory in the in the issue I had. Now, mm-hmm. we're doing. Uh, Two older comics. Um, one of them is I'm trying to find the number. Adventure Comics two forty, 
with the Superboy mm-hmm. robot, and then we're doing yeah. a sequel uh, from I think sometime in the seventies. Um, DC Superstars number twelve, which collected both of the stories. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. It came out yeah. about yes. 1977, I think. Okay. Right. And yes, right. it's a sequel to that. And then we're going to be doing uh, Superboy's Legion, which I didn't realize was an Elseworlds until I started reading it. And that's um, oh god, what's his name? Um, Adam the the Alan Davis, yeah, mm-hmm. and Mark Farmer, who is a big uh, Outsiders guy. Yeah, and you see yes. some of the Outsiders in there. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And Excalibur. So, Maybe which one should we do first? Should we do the classic one before we do the the seventies one? Because it's in. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd say that's a good place to start. Is to right. do it in chronological order. Okay. Now, uh, Alan, do you want to take the controls um, to take us through, uh, if you if you'd like to? Because can I just say I really dug this. I love Superboy, and this, this robot. Can I just say this? It's from Krypton, correct? Yes. Yeah, wow. I mean, I love I love the way that they managed to get so much Krypton stuff. Like, originally, you know, Superboy just leaves, or, you know, just Kal-El leaves the planet as it's blowing up. But then the, the amount of backstory they put into those final days, you know? Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. a dog, he's got a monkey, he's got a robot, <laughs> he's, he's got, got all these got, criminals. He, he finds a... Yeah, he's got a phantom zone projector to, to be able to... To, to do things like dick over Monel. Um, <laughs> and he, also there was back in the, I, I've not read this, but back in the 60s, I believe there was Adventures of Super Toddler, where he was... Yes, uh, there, yeah, there were some Super Baby Adventures out there. Yeah, now were they on Krypton or were they in on Earth? They were on Earth. Oh, I always thought it was like they'd retconned it so he was slightly older. Before he left it wouldn't Krypton? have any powers on Krypton. Good point, Adam. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. yeah, here's... They, they did retcon it eventually that he was a little older. One of the big differences between the Earth-2 and Earth-1 Superman uh, was that the Earth-2 Superman was sent as a tiny baby, and the Earth-1 Superman was sent, um, was sent when he was about two, maybe three years old. So really? he had some vague memories. Yes, he had some vague memories of Krypton. Oh. Um, he was at least he was probably at least two. Um, wow. I would say I would say between one and two, probably, based on the way he that he talked and everything. So that's you know, the, the super. You're talking about the the Superman who who the older one that's like in um, like whatever he's in, you know, like Crisis or whatever, like the older Superman from Earth Two. The older Superman from Earth Two was was a tiny baby when he was sent, and there there weren't a whole bunch of artifacts from Krypton that happened to survive somehow. I mean, for a planet that blew up, you got a lot of intact chunks of shit floating around mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was like a wormhole, wasn't there? I thought there was like a little wormhole that like... That that was part of what, what explained it later, but it still never explained things like how he managed to, how he managed to get like a whole line of statues of his ancestors <laughs> that were all, that all happened to, all happened to be, you know, some of the greatest people of, of their day and I thought he built them using. I I always assumed he built them. 
No, the the statues of his parents he built as part of the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. The stat the uh, statues of his ancestors. No, he found that. I used <laughs> uh, I used to have the story. Right. It's, it's from cool. around the late fifties, early sixties. Adam, the computer, get on that, please. We need to do yeah. that story on Legend Outpost. That's 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 a hundred percent necessary. That's what I call building blocks. Um, yes. What I think Alan was saying was that the Silver and Bronze Age Superman was the one that came to Earth at like one to right. two, right? Right. The Golden Age Superman's the one who was a bait, who was like an infant. The right. Silver Age, the Silver Age was the one who was basically like a year or two old. But even that is arguable because if you look back at the Golden Age, look at Superman number one, mm. um, and. And that he, he looks like he's a little older than just a t- than just a you know a tiny a tiny infant. Yeah, like a but little they, tiny they, infant. Right. They did that a lot though when they were trying to create distinctions between Earth One and Earth Two. Yeah. They took the very very earliest stuff and applied that to the Earth Two Superman because even the even the Daily Planet first appeared in 1940. Right. It didn't. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't some miraculous switch over to the Silver Age. Ditto with Superboy. That's just a retcon that popped in. That, that popped in. Um, I think it was forty-one. Wow. No, no, late forties. More fun comics number one hundred one. That's what it was. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it was a great idea for them to create Superboy. You know, right? It, whoever came up with that, I don't know who it Jerry was. Siegel. Jerry Siegel. Jerry Wow. Yeah, it was Jerry Siegel himself. I don't think Schuster was on the art duties, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, I don't well, think so. And, and yeah, because and, wasn't that part of the problem with Superboy in the later, you know, years? It was legal wranglings with, the with, with I guess, Siegel, you know? Right. Right. The Siegel estate, the, the big wrangling. Oh, they're, they're a, it's a very convoluted, messy backstory sure. where the lawyer who was involved is actually... <laughs> From everything I've read, he had quite the stake in it himself to create intellectual property with it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was messy. And you you can never tell how much is what. But the the Siegel and Schuster, I go back and forth on on how much credit they – on how much – credit and royalties they should they should have been getting and should, et cetera because like in the late 40s did you know they were making six figure salary they were making at least six figures between the two of them yeah six but, but, but when I, I i i agree but then at the same time um look at how much the superman franchise has made over the deck many decades oh yeah you know oh yeah i'm good i totally understand that i just think that they that what happened in 48 is that they sued to get uh, to reclaim the copyright. Yes. And they ended up spending all of the money they had saved up yeah. in uh, in this suit. I just think that was probably not, that was, a, I think that particular time was ill-advised. Oh, you know, I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah. later on, later on for Siegel and Schuster themselves and for wanting to keep something for their estates, Mm. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Because even even if they made six figure salaries into the into the say the sixties or something and then retired, yeah, they had, that's still plenty of decades left that they didn't. Yeah, exactly. That, that they, you know, they should be living off the same. Oh, royalties. I, 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 I'm on I, think I think it's a crime. I think something. it's a crime how they were treated mm-hmm. and how Biff, Bill Finger was treated and how many are creators treated. But it's, it, it's a crime that Superman creators 
didn't they pretty much die close to poverty or were in poverty before Neil Adams organised that pension, which isn't a very generous pension, by the way, either. You know? No, it, no, it wasn't. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, you're right. They were, they were bordering. They were at least borderline penniless, if not, if not absolutely penniless. And no, it's by crazy. The time it's that crazy. Came along, I mean, at least yeah. I, I will say this: the the public shaming that's taken place in recent years from both of the big two and, and various creators coming out, I think does push it, the conversation along a bit further. I mean, Marvel mm-hmm. are, are terrible. The way they're handing out like 5K to creators and then these films are making billions of dollars. I mean, that's that's yeah. a crime in itself, if you ask me, you know. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's nuts. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's craziness. Now, um, let's turn to the comics we love. So... Alan, Absolutely. take us through this Adventure Comics, the original Adventure Comics, uh, what number is it? 240. 240. So what, what, uh, what year is this, roughly? 57. This from a, 57. 1957, yes. Sinatra was ruling the airwaves. I would have been in my prime, wouldn't I, Adam? Can you imagine? <laughs> this is... This yeah, is, this is my yeah Sinatra was in his prime. Um, Elvis. Actually, that older brother I was telling you about would have been two years old. Wow. Okay. Um, and my other half's mother would be a year old. Okay. In this. And 57. Um, we're getting close. This is around the time that Sputnik <laughs> yeah. was, uh, was sent, uh, mm-hmm. was launched. The space race. Yes, the space race. That was a big thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of years is, before JFK. A couple of years before JFK. Yep. Yeah. And also about. And it's also anywhere from six months to a year before Adventure Comics 247. Right. So this is yeah. just slightly before the Legion. Oh, the Legion. right. So this is just before the Legion turns up as well. Wowee. <laughs> oh, we're right in the yeah. sweet spot. Okay. Yeah, imagine if this um, robot <clears throat> got all the letters instead of the Legion. You know, we'd be <laughs> yeah, talking about this him. robot, yeah. Gold. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. And who wrote this? Was this Siegel or was this someone else by this point? Um, you know? I'd have to. I don't um, think they hey, hey Adam, you you can dig that one up for me while I can tell you the sure. arts by John Cicala, Okay. Um, who was one of the gold, one of the more golden age artists. I'm, I kind of think this was a Siegel story, but it may have been Otto Bender. Otto Bender. Oh, there's so. a na- there's a name that I've heard before. Yeah. Okay. It was he the guy who created um, Captain Morgan. Marvel. Uh, no, that was um, CC. Okay, cool. Right. I think Otto Bender uh, was involved Beck. with Shazam. No, you're right. Time. Otto Bender was the writer. CC Beck was the artist. That's it. Wow. I actually got something right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that and, that and was a guess. Group. That was a guess, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And give, given the science fiction nature of this, it's possible it was Edmund Hamilton, too. So. It is Edmund Hamilton. Oh, you've um, beaten me ha-ha! to it. You've beaten me sure. to it, Adam. I was just Third typing it in car. as well. Uh, beat it by seconds. Yeah, on the auto bender though, um, I know recently I heard, and this is featured in that Rorschach comic that came out recently, is that he created Supergirl about, and it was kind of based on his daughter that died in an accident and kind of messed him up for a long time. Jesus, you guys ever heard about that? Really? So that's kind of like Jeff Johns with Star Girl, because Star Girl. Yeah. How is it based on? I mean, I don't mean to sound cruel, but how is it Supergirl based in that? She doesn't die in an auto accident. <laughs> I guess Probably. just that she looks she's like a blonde. Her like she's her. a blonde. Probably looks like her and tried to idealize Pro- her. Probably a joke in poor taste, but yeah. hopefully everyone's passed away and no one could come see me. You know, 
<laughs> well, well, it was interesting in that book because uh, in Rorschach, because yeah. it talked about real life events um, where he yeah. and Frank Miller and some other comic book writers mm. got together and did like a seance where they used a really? tape recorder. And any of the oh, wow. interference and yeah, uh, really? Tom King was talking about recently on Comic Pop or yeah, Comic Pop, but he also features it in this Rorschach book. But anyway, it sounds like you have something to say about it, Alan. Oh no 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 no! I'm just, I just think um, it's one of those things where um, where if anyone says it's too soon, considering <laughs> Supergirl came around in what fifty nine, if I remember correctly, <laughs> then uh, you know nineteen fifty nine. That's like screw it. We we can do we can do jokes. Like screw it. Hey, guess what? Supergirl's a fictional character. You know what I mean? Unlike the True. woman who died in an auto accident back in the fifties, but. Right. But hey, Supergirl got killed in Christ over the Earth. Is it too soon to make jokes about that? You know, like hey, the first Supergirl got wiped out of existence because of because of that magic freaking totem that, J- that Jimmy Olsen had to build her out of. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm not. I don't know Supergirl. I think she got retconned out, guys. I don't know how you guys remember her. <laughs> yeah, I don't Who? know how. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who? All right, <laughs> we should get into this one probably. Uh, probably, we? probably. Now, yeah, do you? Given how short the story is, I think probably a fast synopsis and then maybe hit some high points would be a good, sure. good move for Why this. not? Go for it. Probably. Especially right. considering we got two other stories to get through, too. You think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, um, so the, the gist of the story is that Superboy discovers that there's a strange missile-type object up in the sky. Now... I never have understood why he would have just simply looked up at random into the sky and using his telescopic vision, or as they call it here, his super telescopic vision, (laughs) which is apparently better than the telescopic vision. Mm. And he discovers that that, um, this robot, and this robot actually identifies itself as being a robot teacher from the planet Krypton that had been programmed by Jor-El himself Mm. to teach him. Some of the to teach him basically something about the use of his powers <laughs> because he said, uh, uh, Jorel at one point says, We'll have superpowers on Earth, and the special teacher will teach our son how to use his powers. Yep, right as the planet's exploding. But he he managed so the robot, of course, is one of those uh, artifacts from Krypton that somehow did uh, escape wholesale, yep, floating out in space. Mm-hmm. Floating out in space, but but deactivated until the rays of a passing comet. Which I'd like to know what comet gives off rays, but you know, <laughs> this is this is the old days. This is before they realized what comets actually were. Is this is comic book science? Yeah. Yes, this is com- exactly. this this is a comic book comet. <laughs> yes. So so here in this comic book comet, you have. Uh, the robot's reactivated and has been searching the, I'm never sure it's the galaxy or the universe, but has been searching throughout space to find any Kryptonians because he knew that he, that at least Superboy was going to be there. Yeah. And so he starts testing Superboy and every test. Like for example, the first test being having to do with them with um, hitting basically hitting a gigantic boulder to send it into space. Mm. But he, he picks one that's made of solid granite, whereas he gives something where he gives a Superboy a boulder that ha- that requires him to think on his feet. Yeah. Um, 
because it, they're, they're, they're tricky tests. Like this, this damn they robot. Are. Like you know, like I would have failed these tests. I mean, and oh, also, yeah. I, I am I the only one who thought there was going to be a reveal the robot was evil. I, I really did think that was going to happen, but it, <laughs> but it never happens. Like it's just a troublesome yeah. like lecturer from Krypton. Oh, I definitely. And this is um, what I find really interesting in in a lot of these tests is that is that he then comes back. That Superboy is already expecting that he's that he's going to be marked down for the test because he's because he doesn't, for example, fly up at full speed in a circle mm-hmm. because he would have caused a vortex. He did, he goes up into space to, to cool down before uh, after diving into a volcano. Before yeah, it's back. similar. Um, I don't think you've maybe not read it yet, Dave. I'm not sure, but it's, it's similar to the first Legion story, right? Where you know there was a similar test, and he always. Oh, was, I've read it before. Yeah, the one where. He, yeah, yeah. No, I've read it. Yeah, it is yeah, yeah. So similar to that, where you know it's the same kind of premise of him having these tests, and you know he, I don't remember exactly, but doesn't he end up like uh, holding back or something, and it when ends ha- up being the right choice to hold back. <laughs> With the in the first appearance of the Legion, every time he was. Um, he would be sidetracked by something, some other emergency that they actually generated. That's so right. It more, it's all a prank. Yeah, it, was, it was all a prank. Right. It, yeah. it was hazing. Mm. It was yeah. hazing. Because That's even, right. yeah, because even in the Legion, they have to haze people. I don't oh, know they why. have to. Yeah. It's just the tradition of the times, you know? But my, my favorite test is the one at the end, though, where he, be, where proving proving that sup- that all Kryptonians engage in super dickery, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, he tells them the last thing that he... He tells them the next test, he has to do every super feat he finds necessary without changing the Superboy. And so, yeah. as Clark, he's doing all these stunts, oh. and he's pushing... <clears throat> the, things like pushing a tree over, carrying a statue to a junkyard, um, and pushing over, a chi- uh, pushing over this old chimney... And the best part <clears throat> is that when he gets to the junkyard, he gets this idea on how uh, on how to save his secret identity by. It's a nutty idea. It's so nutty. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a typical nutty idea, and I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure how the hell it would work. He says he puts a wireframe wire under his costume. Well, that's great, but how the hell did the uh, cape manage to wrap all the way around the super teacher's neck? Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. when you. So he tosses it up there, seals it to him, makes it look like the teacher is Superboy, and that, and that he, the there were wires attached to all the things that Clark did his major feats of strength, and it was all supposed to be a prank. On it turns it all into looking like it was Superboy and Clark p- playing a prank on Lana. Yes, yeah, and she's just, like Clark Kent. I'll never speak to you again. She's such a little bitch. Can I just say that? Like, <laughs> oh um, yeah, like she's nonstop, like. <laughs> Non-stop, like lives to cause Clark Kent misery, and and to bust him mm-hmm. for being Superboy. Like it's like it's like her yeah. one thing in life that she cares about. Yeah, I mean that's Lana Lang, Lois Lane. Yeah, back in the Silver Age, that was the one thing that was the most mm. important thing to them ever was finding out that was proving that Clark Kent was Superman. No idea why. My favorite is from the first appearance of Monel, where um, the dad gets really mad at it. her dad. He's like. You're so stupid. Like, what are you doing? And he takes a hairbrush. He's going to whip her. He's like, what am I doing? You're too old for a spanking. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. I, agree. I agree. That was very good. 
<laughs> and then there was that, and then there's that final test where he says to Awera, the teacher says, "Nope, you." He he says, "You failed. Uh, you failed to make a perfect grade so far. You can never use your superpowers again." Superboy says, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. uh, at first, he's like, "No, I'm not gonna, not gonna quit." And he's like, "Well, okay," because of. The teacher said, remember, your father ordered these tests, and, and he would be duty-bound never to use your powers again. And it's like, all right, if I'm a danger to others. And I really think that it's funny, because this, is real, this to me is the most important of the tests. Mm. And it takes three panels. It takes three panels yeah, counting, counting the teacher saying, well, that was actually your final test, <sighs> and you passed it because you said you'd stop being Superboy if yeah. you had to. Yeah, and, um, then, and then the robot flies off, doesn't it, after that? Yes, flies off. Now, there is one thing I want to know. If you read the reprinted version at the back of that DC Superstars issue mm -hmm. that from the 70s, yep. the reprinted version, they actually uh, touch up Jonathan and Martha Kent's faces on there. Okay, I'm going to check that out. <clears throat> this was during the time, um, in, the seven, uh, in the early 70s, they DC editorial decided that that Clark's par parents should look younger because they were, you know, they, they were always looking so dang old. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh my god! <clears throat> so they had they had a story where they were de-aged, right? And then eventually, eventually that got retconned into de-aged for a while, but then it w eventually wore off. So that by the time they died, they were back to looking old again. But this is, uh, but they. So what they did was they touched up Jonathan and Martha's faces in the few panels that they mm, appear. I'm looking at it. You yeah. know, that did throw me, but for some reason, because the other one I knew was like Bronze Age, I just went with it because I knew in the Bronze Age they were younger. But yeah, now that you right. say that, I'm like, oh yeah, good good call. Yeah, they do look a bit younger. Look, they don't look super look young, but they story. look more like yeah. they're like in their maybe, maybe 60, you know? Maybe like well, well, normally, if you remember, she has like white hair and yeah, he has yeah. white hair and glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you look at the original story, like there's one scene where the 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 old lady's talking to him, saying to yes. think your son Clark yeah. was Superboy all the time, and the old lady actually looks like what Martha basically looked uh, yeah. looked <laughs> yeah. like back in that time. And right. Then, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I. So yeah, that that was an interesting thing of, of note that because you can kind of tell, and I think it was, uh, e I think it was either Kurt Swan or Murphy Anderson or maybe a combination who touched it up based on um, the the look of the face shape. That's interesting, isn't it? I think that that stuff's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like that they did, they bothered <laughs> that they sort of bothered to do it because reprints. We've got to remember back in the seventies and and eighties. Reprints was where you got the old comics. They didn't have the trade paperbacks or the omnibuses or anything. It was like, oh yeah, you know, you you would. I I remember like you'd often get a comic and you'd, you'd read a bit of it, and then the next part of it would be like, wow, we're blasting in from you know, from what felt like decades before. But it was kind of interesting because it was a ch your chance to sort of read this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty cool. No, so, yeah, it's kind of like. Um that whole first Supergirl that was created out of the magic totem. Yep. She, uh, in subsequent reprints after introducing, uh, Kara, you know, Kara Zor-El, mm. they recolored her that she had an orange top, green boots, skirt and cape. And she was a redhead. 
Right. So they basically took the the opposite colors on the color wheel um, for everything except the the symbols for her costume colors. Because hmm. red's opposite, red and green are opposites, blue and orange are opposites, and then they made her a redhead to further distinguish her. If you look uh, back in some of those story, some of the comics from that time, hmm. there are a few references back to her. Because they were still referring to her even into the late 60s really? um, as the first Supergirl. And they were oh. using that color scheme regularly. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's what happens when you have a company that, you know, these. I don't think anyone anticipated when it started out that it would all last for so long. You know? Oh, I don't think so either, yeah. Yeah, so they're sort of making on the fly then at a certain point. It's like when Neil Young said Woodstock, they looked and said market, they realized they could just spin this stuff indefinitely, you know? Yeah. Can I ask a question before we get into the next story? How Absolutely. Because, I mean, obviously your, your knowledge is uh, impressive, and even rivals have on the computer, who I think is kind of sitting back there at the controls, <laughs> like ready to pro- program something. But um, how big are you on the current DC stuff, are you, or are you tuned out of that, Alan? Oh no, I re- I read a large chunk of it still. Really, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Um, I I even yeah I, I even made it through Bendis's Legion run. <laughs> well, yeah, so did uh, I almost killed myself, but we did. Yeah. For the oh show. yeah. See, my thing for my thing about that is I don't think it was the worst thing I ever read, but I think no. that Bendis's writing is too decompressed. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, look look at this look at the story we just did. Yeah. It's just a few pages. Um, look at Batman's origin. I even I used to use that actually. The well, not his origin, but the first, but the Detective Comics number twenty-seven. Yes. Story case of the Chemical Syndicate. I used to use that as part of my teaching to show that in a seven-page story, you in seven pages you could tell the entire story. I, you yeah. know what, dude? I've said that so many times on the show. These old comics. Like, for example, this one we just did. They get through the whole story, the nuts and bolts of it. They don't feel... You don't finish them thinking, man, I need more issues of this. Like, And yet right. someone like Benders, he just spins stuff for so long. Well, yeah. You know? My thing is, you know, you can do decompressed, but you need to know where you're going and where the story's going and have the beats sure. mapped out. And yeah. it's just... Mm-hmm. He's, is, nothing he does is, like, interesting or exciting anymore to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, or, or take a look at... Take a look at the Great Darkness Saga. Um, right story. And, yeah, you look at that, and you can see, I mean, especially if you trace it back to all the little brief appearances that that uh, Levitz's ABC plots. Yes. Uh, yeah. Plot structure. His his ABC plot structure just just nailed it mm. as yeah, far as the stories went. If you look, um, in even in the seventies for action comics, because when I was a kid, I would periodically pick up some issues. You could actually see that there were greater story arcs going on. Hundred And everybody who liked, yeah. And everybody who would say that, that every story was a done in one, like back in the silver age, they haven't read it because Superman, there was a three-part Superman story, three full issues of um, of him fighting a villain named Javam. Mm. Um, yes, it was a Shazam parody. I thing. love it. That's mm. cool. <laughs> and but yeah, and and look at the number of Legion stories. Once you got about, once you started around with Computo, particularly, yeah. But even go back as far as Starfinger, you had two parts. It, they were two-part stories. Now they could have been told in a single issue. A lot of those earlier ones because they were, they were only using using half of the total yes. page count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, 
you know, kids were constantly going back and, and having to buy a second issue. Yeah, like of, drugs. That's so how you get it. Where are you? Can I? I'm going to throw a Superman villain at you. I don't prefer uh, Terror Man. Familiar with him? Oh yes, Terra I love Terror Man. Terror Man's one of my favorites. Oh my god! Yeah, you there's no need for you. Terror Man podcast. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Terror Man. I think he was best pre-crisis in the seventies because Hell yeah. that 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 certain sort of. Clint Eastwood spaghetti western feel to it. Hundred percent, he was best then. None of this bullshit Absolutely. modern day Terror Man. I'm talking about the original Terror yeah. Man with like the poncho and all that kind of stuff he had going on. He was great. You know, yeah. I thought he was best when he was in two pieces after Black <laughs> Adam tore up half. Yeah, it's a oh, sad day. Geez. Yeah, that was a sad day. That was a sad day in comics. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I would also say that even his. Uh, Early post-crisis appearances, mm. in, it was an Adventures of Superman issue that also guest-starred Jaden Obsidian because it was taking place in Hollywood, That's and cool. he was he was in there, and that yeah. was a decent one. Yeah, he wasn't I'll check treated too badly there. I'll check that but, out. Yeah, that sounds cool. But some, but, yeah, but the more recent, especially once it got into the nineties, and yeah. and hey, let's amp up everybody and give them costumes that have that that have. Lots and lots and lots of superfluous elements on them. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. No, no I, I like the original Kerry Bates. We, I think we've done it on the show. We may have done it on Signal, but I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, all right. Now turning to the next issue, which is the sequel issue. This is DC right. Superstars Giant number twelve. Um, yeah, and I want to say real quick, this opening splash was so cool that yeah. that's why we're doing the story. <laughs> it was. It, that's exactly right, and that is why we're doing it. I got very excited. And it had nothing to I? do with the story, did it? <laughs> Not particularly. I mean, you know, just, yeah, well. the, you know, super, super band growing up, really, you know? Yeah. So well, no, I was excited because I thought it was going to be like, oh, all sorts of different Supermen. Yeah, me too. You know, at different ages. Anyway, go ahead, Alan. This would have come out late 1976 because the Beautiful. cover date's February 1977. They mm-hmm. they they were, um, they were about four months ahead when they put those out so that the uh, newsstand owners would leave multiple months worth of issues out there to sell longer. Right. Um, and I have I happen to have a digital copy that reproduced all the little in um, oh how's that pronounced indicia mm-hmm. uh, at the yeah, bottom. I um, and that's got it even says it says February 77 but shows copyright 76 so this is this is coming off the tail end of the bicentennial year and I can give you a little bit of background on that in that um, there for the bicentennial there was a three three maybe four part story in action comics where this alien who was somehow uh, literally allergic to superpowers <laughs> gets into a fight with gets into this repeated fight with Superman and somehow the DC universe is a dangerous place for an alien who's allergic oh, yeah. to superpowers like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> somehow manages to knock Superman back to 1776 oh, I love and, uh, it they're, oh they're, Adam they're we've got to do bicent- this one we've got to do this one that sounds great the big bicentennial tie-in is um, is that Superman as Clark Kent um, is going, is heading off to report on the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yes, of course he is. I was going to say it's got to be something like that. Uh-huh. Also in 76, um, 
it, when is the bicentennial? It's it's seventy six. Yeah, is that right? That is seventy six. Yeah. Right. So um, Bob Dylan was touring with the Rolling Thunder Review in nineteen seventy six, and I know that because it's in the Bob, it's in the Scorsese documentary. And they were going to all these small towns, and there's all these teenagers like stoned on the street and stuff. And there's all this yep. stuff about how they didn't care about the bicentennial; they were so disconnected and everything. But it's it's kind of cool, like it's all in there, you know. Yep, <laughs> right. James anyway. Earl Carter Jr. beat beat Gerald Ford for, um, in the election yeah. for the presidency. Yeah, I remember this. Jimmy Carter, yeah, Jimmy Carter. Yes, James yeah. Earl Carter Jr. All oh, right, the um, peanut peanut farmer. Right, the best ex-president we ever had because he was a, he's been able to get a whole heck of a lot done, even now yeah. into his nineties. Yeah, he's done a whole hell of a lot. Is he, more. He's still alive, isn't he? He didn't he? Yeah, he is still alive. Last I heard. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say yeah, though, what you were president. saying about oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, no, just the, he was <laughs> he's our current currently the oldest uh, living former president. president that we have. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, Pretty long-lived, that guy. Good for him. Yep. I was going to say, though, it was interesting. You were talking about the cover, um, the month they put on the cover being different than the actual month of publication. They were doing that, actually, until just recently, at DC at least, um, uh -huh. where they still would have it off. But now they don't put the month on the cover anymore. They're just no, no fun uh, anymore. They're just no fun. They're just like, you. we refuse to have nope. fun. <laughs> they are no... Yeah, it's no... Well, with everything going into back... It, Going into direct only shops with back issue bins, it's not like it used to be with the with the retailers, sure. um, with yeah. the the like the spinner racks. And I mean, I grew up with the spinner racks, so yeah, I grew up going in going into a, a five and dime store and picking up comics, and sometimes getting the ones where they'd cut off the top the top half of the cover to send that <laughs> back in to get credit for the May. Uh, credit for an unsold comic, but then sell the rest at fifteen cents. I love it. I love it. Oh yeah, I, I had a lot of those, and so th there were some that I was really surprised when I finally got to see what what was on the top part of the cover. Sure. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so yeah, th this is one of those. My brother had picked this up, so I read this back. I would have been eight years old mm. reading this for the first time. It's yeah. a good one. I, I like though. I mean, I'm just gonna. I like how at the start it's kind of like yes. they're staring at the hostess's ass, really, and um, uh -huh. you know, and it's and it's like hmm, makes me. It reminds me of, <laughs> and he just starts reminiscing about like uh, Smallville, like it's yeah, it, you know, it's interesting because uh, I and thought then we don't find out till the end why, right? Like that he knew. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it, it's but... a, it's kind of funny because he. He says, "Oh yeah, he's a." Um, he said, "Oh yeah, that's a good thing." And yeah, you know, that that. Oh look, I never go back to the old hometown, and, which is really different compared to post crisis when his parents are still alive. So he's constantly going back. But um, I, I really thought the reveal at the end as to why, as to what really kind of prompts him to look back down, mm. uh, look back down there and start reminiscing about Smallville. And this particular time, I think the reveal was really well handled. And this Kurt Swan, oh, yeah. Murphy Anderson artwork, it's hard to beat that. Oh, I totally agree. It's <laughs> it's great. No, I I love it. Like it's I I'd love to know how well these sold in the seventies. Like was Superboy <clears throat> appearances selling at all? Or Oh yes. He didn't have his own book. Yeah. Well, it was 
Uh, it depends on what time what time frame you're looking at. Uh, Slow Super down, Boy. Adam. Slow down, Adam. Don't get too carried away, there, big guy. <laughs> Superboy. Superboy did the Legion of Superheroes didn't become that big of a feature in Superboy until about 1973, 74. Right. Mm-hmm. That um they were they were big enough that one that every time they put one in they'd say plus a new Legion of Superheroes story, but it wasn't until one ninety eight I believe um, that it became Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes. Right. And then yeah, the the right. and then the uh. And then the the classic, the the classic Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes was still was still um, that different typeface debuted in two hundred and around, but it was really technically still Superboy up until issue two thirty, which would be about well probably about the time this was coming. And out. And that kind of stuff's being collected in the recent hardcovers we got out. And remember, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, also, yeah. and also, I know this that at a certain point, there's an episode where Superboy leaves the Legion with tears in his eyes, and he then has a, a solo title called Superboy. I believe written by Paul Kupperberg. I could be wrong there, but I believe it is. It might be around 1980. Am I right? Uh, right. Yeah, it's um, early ni- uh, late 70s, early 80s. I think maybe yeah. 82. Um, Legion of Superheroes number 259 is the first, is the cover you're talking about, and that yeah. was the first issue to actually call it Legion, um, to actually drop the Superboy, and it became just Legion of Superheroes. Gotcha. Um, and it moved over into the new adventures of Superboy, which apparently yes. they felt that it, that it was more important to give Superboy the number uh, a new number one mm. than to give the Legion of Superheroes a number one and let them just keep going in the in the book that they were in. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. All uh, right, yeah, I remember that first issue of Superboy has uh, like his uh, birthday party or something. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, it does. Right, there's a birthday party and it actually ties into a two parter in Action Comics going on at roughly the same time. Interesting. Love it. All, All right, right, Dave, you want to take us through this one? Sure. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So he first off, he's looking at the host's ass, and and he's talking to Jimmy. Um, he then comes down, and he's reminiscing. They're having breakfast, uh, and there's a flying saucer in our skies to report on. Um, they're they're wanting people to you know any, urging anyone who believes they've seen a flying saucer to report on at once. And the the mother, who by the way does look around the same age you were talking about in the touch ups, or like maybe right. late fifties, sixty. Um, after all the sightings we've been hearing about lately, it's high time someone took these things seriously. Kind of interesting, considering that Superboy is their adopted son and is constantly dealing with aliens. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it is kind of interesting. The more I think about it, the more that they're looking more like they're in their late forties to mm. early fifties at most. Be, um, they they look older than we'd expect than we'd expect now because people who look people who are in their fifties and sixties look about like this now. But yeah. if you go back, uh, go back ways. I mean, shoot, my grandfather died when he was seventy four, and he looked like uh, he looked like he was easily going to be mummified. Yeah, no, you're I loved right. Him. You're right. Pe- I loved Grandpa, people. but he looked like he was. <laughs> Well, that, that's all to do with diets and everything, isn't it? And all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Like, yeah, diet, you are right. People yeah. looked older and and more stress. Like my grandfather would have passed away. You're right. No, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so then we've got like Lana Lang, like um, she's like, oh, um, 
look out behind your clock and there's like a massive flying saucer which is actually funny um it's a real flying saucer that thing's blasting our superboy statue apart because i love the way they got the statue of superboy just sitting there on top of the building um in a tax superboy statue nothing else then maybe the aliens are only after him and then meanwhile we've got this is a job for superboy and uh he's driving off flying off in the air um kind of attacking the craft uh, gets right up into the outer reaches of the atmosphere. Um, all this kind of crazy shit's happening in the battle. Um, then eventually, the, it's released uh, that um, it's the robot teacher. After all, okay. I am from Krypton too. And he's like, "You? What's my robot teacher doing back here again after all these years?" True, you were only twelve years old, which is so specific that they say twelve years old. The first mm-hmm. time I tested your mastery of your superpowers, he looked older than twelve in the original. Um, but now you're on the edge of manhood. Um, and, and they also say, readers who miss this finish adventure the first time around will find the first appearance of the super teacher for Krypton elsewhere in this issue, which is cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the time has come to find out if you're ready for the added challenges and responsibilities that will go with being a Superman. Um, so then it's they go down and there's like a sort of like a, at a gymnasium, um, the Del Montes, uh, rock and rolling, live and in person. And they're like that. And now we'll play a slow one for all you lovers out there. <laughs> and then you see someone say, are they dreaming? And then some woman saying, watch your hands. <laughs> Which I like. Someone's doing a bit of grab ass during the uh, thing. So there's, um, the dance is going on. Um, Misty's uh, cut in on Lana Lang. And one guy goes, Kent is strictly Squaresville. But look at what that guy's wearing. Like, sort of like um, weird patterned pants and a bow tie and a cardigan. And he's saying Kent is strictly Squaresville. Whereas (laughs) that guy's like the definition of like the 50s. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) So then um, this damn robot just really, I thought, I was like, really robot? He just comes in, strips off Clark Kent's clothes and he's got his superboy outfit underneath and it's like clark you ken is superboy who would have guessed um he's like is this your idea of another test call it what you will but you'd better defend yourself if you want to remain intact if it's a fight you want teacher here it comes and it's all to the tune of the um all to the tune of the music but then suddenly something's wrong this couldn't be happening um, what, Clark, what couldn't be happening? Uh, dancing with you, Misty, so close. The great, the whole encounter with the robot didn't really happen. It was all in my mind. Um, and... I thought that was kind of a cool... Yeah, um, I agree. I, I totally, uh, I totally agree. And then, um, it, this just gets better and better. So basically he realizes a telepathic message and then we get to, let's really focus in on these scenes. Uh, you sure you don't mind leaving the dance with you, Misty? A lot of guys offer to take you home. She's like, I think I made the right choice. What do you think? And I'm like, wow, Carter's Clark's really getting some serious kissing action going on here. And I was like, I was like, okay, this is good stuff, Clark. Good to see. Uh, even though it's just been two weeks already since we arrived in Smallville, Mum and Dad haven't finished unpacking yet. So I see. Uh, will we be disturbing them? Not likely, since they're both out of town. Come on, I want to show you something. What is it? Yeah, that 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 page, that moment there, mm. that that has to. That has a certain significance that you miss mm. until you get to the end of the story. Okay. Well, I was mostly focused on the fact that Clark's getting some. Well, um, yeah, that's that's part that that's part of the reason why you miss it too. Yeah, indeed. Um, anyway, so then we get we get to this bit up where 
they're doing uh, notes. She studied the handwriting of this note that he gave. It reveals the person who wrote it displays great self-confidence, a healthy, aggressive ego, and incredible raw courage. All of those traits you aren't supposed to have, Clark Kent. Um, and then, uh, basically, she's projecting an image of the Superboy uniform. Please, Clark, don't be alarmed. I would never betray your secret. And so she's worked out um, that since no one else in Smallville has an IQ of 220, no one else will ever figure it out like I did. And she goes, uh, he's like, 220, that makes you some kind of super genius, I suppose, but so much for being intellectual. Misty, you're a wonder. Why is that? Just because I'm the only girl you ever met who's as smart as Superboy? And then they're kissing. And let's face it, um, he got laid. That's it. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean come on. Superboy finally kind of like got, you know, got involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's go go to the very next page. And, and Martha makes a comment about how his bed's still made. Yeah. And says yeah. something about all night patrols. No, no, no. I think Jonathan's right there. <laughs> he had more than enough to keep his hands full. Yeah, he sure did. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, we could do stories on this on that on that oh, night. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a whole there's a whole lot that went on with that and long and happy out in the days that followed. Clark and Misty spent long hours together. Long and happy hours. Dave wants the uh-huh. Superboy Smut magazine. <laughs> well, it's that's just right. you know, it's just it's just good times. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that's the you know the rest of this story. I was barely paying attention because um, I was just so excited <laughs> by what happened. Um, Bigfoot turns up actually, uh, which was interesting. Um, yes, readers, these creatures will later be collectively known as Bigfoot. Um, and then suddenly Misty comes out. What are you doing? I'm here to see you, sweetheart. Uh, and then Bigfoot just fucking hurls a rock at uh, at her, smacks her in the head. Um, oh, choke! She's dead. I am sorry, Kalel. It was one of the smaller creatures. It was probably never seen a human female before and panicked. And then he's really he's going to kill it. It's like murderer, murderer. Uh, the only girl I ever loved. Like a total spit in the face for Lana Lang. Good. Um, and I can't take a life, not even for this. You have just passed the fourth and final test, Kalel. I had to see if you could control your awesome powers, even in a moment of extreme rage and grief. And for that, you allowed a helpless girl to die? No one died. Her death was simulated by super scientific methods. Misty, you're alive. And then there's this really odd, um, uh, what is it? It's like as the resurrected girl of Superboy's dreams was strangely silent. Something's wrong. Misty doesn't seem to recognize me. There never was a Misty. I selected this girl from among thousands after I computed the requirements of your ideal physical type. I programmed her mind with all the personality traits you hope for in a girl. It was impossible for you to avoid falling in love with her. And he's like, okay, oh. now the whole um, spend the night together thing turns a little creepy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's- uh. Wonder Woman eighty four anyone? Um, yeah, but uh, then it, but let's. But, I, I want to understand what happened. So, I was in love with a dream girl that didn't exist. I will return her to her own town so she can resume her own life. So it was an actual girl. It wasn't a robot or anything. Right. Okay, and he programmed her mind. So he, the robot, programmed her mind to be right. more attractive to Clark. Okay, got you right. Uh, so he, right. the robot manipulated actually the exactly the yeah. whole the yeah. whole thing. Not not Clark. Clark is kind of an innocent dupe, really. Um, yeah. yeah. And when you go back to the whole thing where she said her family hadn't unpacked into 
uh, even though they'd been in Smallville two weeks. Yeah. Um, her parents aren't there. Yes. Her parents are out of town. That's yeah. all. You know, when when you go back and you reread that moment, you know, reread that, you're like, shit, they dropped a clue right there. Sure. <laughs> and now I, I, I would like to know how the hell, he, how the hell Missy would not recognize Superboy. He's already known around the world at this point. Well, that's true. But that's she's true, kind of dazed. She's in a daze, I think, more than anything. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, even without the sex um, <laughs> implied or whether or not it was, it was kind of really creepy that he kidnapped this girl for two weeks. Like, oh, yeah. Like a teenager and her family, she's gone. It's a, it's test. Like, it's a test, Adam. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's a Kryptonian test, my friend. And um, I feel like Superboy should have cut his head off. Yeah, Superboy's just like okay, and then I uh, and then um and then then he he sees the girl and she's the hostess. Am I am I right? Yep. Yeah. Or yep. is it or or alternatively, her ass just reminds him of the ass of the girl <laughs> he fucked. Like, you know, like it's it's kind of left on your imagination. Like, it I, could don't, just... I, I don't know the the, the hair. The, some of the the, the characteristics color. of the hair and the color. It'd be funny if Sim, Sim Boy was like, or Superman was like, I, I have to see you undressed uh, to really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. It's like, would you believe me if I said you were the girl of my dreams? When it says at the end, it's like, it's like, yes, yes, we know. Read Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, and you can figure out what a, uh, how much of his super sperm went flying around for the rest of. So how? So that is similar. Now, now that we, I mean, I know I'm sure on the internet someone's outraged about this story. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, I'm a little bit I'm less. Uh, I'm, I'm not. But um, to me, it's more hijinks from back in the day. But I, I get you. It's it's distasteful. But hey, it is a robot, and robots don't have emotions, and so it's a manipulative robot. You know, basically, think about it that yeah. way. You know, it's uh, you know. Um, now, what was I going to say? In Wonder Woman 84, when Chris mm-hmm. Pine is in the body of that guy who, you know, it's sort of a... I, I, I forget how, but basically she sees Chris Pine, but it's actually someone else. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. So does Wonder Woman... She sees Chris Pine. She doesn't see the other guy, right? Well, right. it's like he's inhabiting the guy's body so it's like also him talking and stuff and yeah. sh- but he doesn't look like Chris Pine. Yeah. The 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 look the gee I I look like my uh, I you know the look in the mirror and oh right that's this isn't really him is like uh, yeah. I I've seen it's kinda like the quantum leap thing where Yeah. Where um you know where Sam always looked like Sam to the audience. Yes. Um but then they'd have that moment where he looked in a mirror to see what he you know what he what the body he'd leave. But what do you think like. about it when people? Because I because I mean I didn't hate Wonder Woman eighty four. I I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not saying it was the greatest movie of all time, but I enjoyed it. But people, I did see some people at the time really carrying on. Like, do you feel that mm-hmm. that's just part of society today that people just take it too seriously, kind of thing? I'd rather just leave it out, honestly. I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's like, well, what would you rather leave gonna, out? What do you mean you'd rather leave out? It's gonna creep me out a little yeah. bit. Just the whole oh. like her having sex with him, uh, being really? a different guy. Like, really, the, you really think we need to leave that out? Really? It's just not so interesting I, to me that it can't were, just like not be there. Well, it's there were a, a couple of ways that they could have handled it. One of them could have been that literally he didn't have to inhabit somebody else's body to do it. Mm. Um, that you know, it could have just literally been 
return, um, you know, literally rematerialized yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Which is what or, we were led to believe. Which is what we were led to right. believe. Yeah. Well, even even the well, he's possessed his body kind of thing. Yeah. It's unclear if undoing the wish also undoes any physical hubba hubbas that might have been going on. Because we know we know they slept together, but then the question is: um, Is that going? Did it? Did it leave a mark? Did, undo, <laughs> did undoing the wish? Did undoing the wish? Did Diana undoing her wish also? Um, <clears throat> did also undo any potential physical? You know, any physical? I, I just remark? find it hard to. Care. Or, or is this like, guy going to have this? But this, to me, like, it's just this, a story. Like, to me, it's just yeah. a story. Some shit happened. The end. Like, I guess I just know. don't like. I don't care that much, but I also don't find it something worth defending, just because I sure. think it's kind of yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, kinda, I, I get that. I, 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 get, yeah, I get that. It's I'm like, a little bit more lenient, guys. I'm a little bit more like. I don't know, dude. Getting, uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 no, it it is one of those things where it's like, um, uh. what could have changed? You know. It, is there a way that they might have been able to handle it a little bit better? Because I like to write. I'm working on three novels. So, yes, I look oh, at it and say, cool. oh, yeah, they probably could have written it this way and probably sure. avoided the confrontation. But that's all Monday morning quarterbacking. I mean, uh, that's exactly what, how I think, too. I, 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 I think there's a lot of that that goes on, where a lot of people are saying, oh, my God. You know, they should have written it this way. Well, you're not writing the story. You know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. not, you're not in the meetings. Like, you're not involved in the industry. So maybe take a seat. Um, <laughs> now, I have a question for you, uh, Adam. Oh, by the way, what genre is your uh, novels? Uh, one of them is just a basic literary fiction. One of mm. them is a superhero story mm. with all my own superheroes. Love it. And the other one is kind of a... It's a satire that's kind of it's kind of a Star Trek parody, but it's not actually cool. set in the Star Trek universe. Cool. Mm. Okay. You know, I've written three novels too. Demon Sulfide is the the latest one. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Lesbian assassin. Um, Ooh. in a time traveling lesbian assassin across multiple dimensions. Um, uh, they have a lot of um, have you a know, sex with uh, people inhabiting other people's bodies. Is that why this is such a sensitive topic for you? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not a, no, it's not a sensitive topic. It, the topic, okay. for me, the for me, it's not so... This I can understand because it's more where they do things like a baddie's a bad guy and people get yeah. outraged. And I'm like, okay. it's a story. It's a superhero story. The baddie is supposed to be bad. Um, right. Don't get so offended because a bad guy's bad. You know that's literally yeah, that what bad. Yeah, I know, I know you were, but I'm just firing back a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of hate. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I mean? I, I'm like these bad guys are bad, and if they get their just desserts, it's like when Frank Castle goes after uh, child sex slavers in the Slavers. The 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 Slavers are not uh, you know people to be defended. And they get they pay the ultimate price. Like Frank Castle kills them all in the most horrific ways possible. That's the point of the story. Well, you know? don't forget the greatest villains of all time. You know the Nazis, right? Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, but you get yeah. people like going, "I can't believe you use the Nazis in this story." I'm like, they're the Nazis. They're one of the classic villains of in fucking fiction. You yeah, know, I don't get that yeah. argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, arguments like that just no. I mean, they're they're clearly supposed to be. 
the the baddest bad guys. The only thing, the only time I have an issue with a bad guy being a super bad guy is when it's clearly a, a kind of poor writing, lazy writing. Sure. One of the mm. big problems I have with uh, James Robinson mm. is that he, the only it seems like the only way he knows to write a bad guy as being a a real badass bad guy mm. is if they commit a lot of murders. Right. Is if they do a lot of killing, and it's like, no, you can be a really big badass villain without killing a lot of people, and uh, I think cool. that that's what that that's what that's what kind of there are certain stuff that there are certain stories he's written mm. that I just can't get behind because of that kind of that kind of oh look that you know oh look that this is an incredible bad guy because, look, they just slaughtered a dozen people. Let, let's hope James Robinson doesn't listen to this show because we are trying to get him on the show at some point. Uh, we are big fans oh, of his oh, no, Starman no, no. run. Oh. <laughs> well, I am going to tell you this, though. Mm. Star, um, I loved what he did in the New 52 version of Earth 2 before okay. he left the book, before mm-hmm. DC Editorial basically fucked him over and he yeah. left the book. Yeah. I think it was proof that you give him you give him uh, a chance to, to make his own set of toys, he could create some of the most compelling well, storylines. Give, give us an example, because I, I I've not read all his stuff, but what I have read I genuinely really like most of the time. What's an example of a storyline where you felt it, it went the wrong way? Was it like Cry for Justice or something, or what was it? Yeah, Cry for Justice oh, I kind of yeah. felt went the wrong way. Yeah, um, I agree. When they first introduced the Mist, the female version of the Mist mm. in Starman, mm. where she kills off, apparently, Blue like 99% of Justice League Europe or something. <clears throat> right. It, it's like, no, you could have done that. That really feels like, you know, you're just kind of pushing the, uh, the I'm a Shock. badass the, sh- the shock yeah. button. The pushing the shock value. I'll tell you someone who I think is even... I mean, I, I think James Robinson generally is pretty consistent. Mark, Mill- yeah. Mark Miller definitely does that. You uh-huh. know? He's terrible about that. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I yeah. really like uh, in, in Wanted, he has this line in the comic, not the movie. He's like, you know, just to show how bad of a villain he is, he's like, yeah, I raped a pop star. Yeah, I remember. And uh, that fucking grossed me out. Yeah, the... But no, I mean Robinson. I can give you some examples of some stellar stuff. His later, he I I wasn't a fan of Starman that very much when it started, but by mm. the end I thought it was really really good. Mm. I thought probably the best moment was when somebody finally, finally I forget who, but was correcting somebody else who was constantly calling the Flash Jay Garrett instead of Jay Garrick, <laughs> <laughs> and like calling calling Black Canary Diana instead of Dinah. I don't know if that's something. I mean that that could have been something. When I was a little kid, I used to think that um, that Sunboy's last name was pronounced Morgana, not Morgna, because mm. I was adding an extra vowel in there. And but you know that kind of thing where he was willing to come back to it and say you know and actually finally put you know lay the, lay the hammer down and say nope, this is the. This is what it should be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was, he uh, he, he called points. him the wrong name, and then he came back later and he said, "Oh, the shade called him the wrong name because he wasn't really the shade or something." Mm. To that effect. Yeah. They, they 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 would. It was a good excuse for some retconning. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, it's that's what I mean. Robinson had um, he not tried to say that to, had he not tried to push for um, that 
Golden Age miniseries, the the one called the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Had he not tried to push it, push it as no, this is um, I want this to be in in mainstream continuity because it felt like it kind of ignored certain plot points, certain things um, in DC history. I would have been totally behind it. As it was, I thought it was a really good Elseworlds. Stuff. It was great. Yeah, the Golden Age yeah, one. Yeah, so, it was excellent. No, yeah, I read that recently. Yeah. Have you guys so, read, just to wrap up on James Robinson, long after he finished Starman, have you guys read the Shade miniseries he did like around 2010? I never got around to it. It's Isn't really good? good. It's really good. It's like it a 12-parter. Um, and I've got it was collected in trade. I actually bought it. Have you read it, Adam? Yeah, I love it. Um, and he good. worked with you know all sorts of great artists on there. I think um, it's really good. Gene Haw and uh, Darwin Cook. Yeah, it's really good. Razor Irving does really mm-hmm. cool stuff. I, I would recommend it, Alan, uh, if you're interested. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like um, it's the shade, so it's not Starman, but it's it's a really right. good storyline and you don't need to have read all of Starman. You can you can pick it up and you know it, it it's just like a it's just like a return to that world through mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. prism. I really enjoyed it actually. I, I, I've I've actually long wanted to get James Robinson on the show. Um well, he, I, I, you know. yeah I'd love to hear I'd love for you to get him on the show because I'd love to hear his take how he feels he did on stuff like Starman and Earth Two and the sure. Golden Age and because well, there, it would, there is highlights. I'd love, there is highlights. Yeah, you know, so. exactly. I'd I'd love to uh, I'd love for, to hear him directly tell his story uh, his stories of what he of what even what he might go back and uh, what he might say is okay. I would do more of this and yeah. maybe less of this. I'd love to see it. He was super uh, pissed also, when. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, man. Sorry. I was just going to say about uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. Mm. See how it feels about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You saw point. You know, they're rebooting yeah. that. Did you guys see that? That's, yeah, that? I did, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I think that'd be cool. I actually, I didn't yeah. mind the movie. Honestly. Yeah, I, I like yeah. 12, though. Yeah, yeah, I actually like the movie. I, we, I tried reading Alan Moore's stuff, uh, Alan Moore's <laughs> work on it, and I really wasn't that impressed. Super, <laughs> super dry. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, I, I bought the first two volumes back in the day, and I dug them heavily. Um, less so any of the other stuff he did after the first two volumes. You know what I mean? Like, I really yeah. like those first two volumes a lot. But, yeah, I, I had a soft spot for the movie. I didn't quite, like, I watched Morbius last night. And, again, I, I, look, it's not a great movie by any means. But, I mean, I, right. I put League of Extraordinary Gentlemen above that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People get very carried away, though. Like, the way they were talking about Morbius, I was expecting something really, really, really bad. You know, and I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, it, you know, it's it, it's fun enough. Like, I mean, I I couldn't care less about Morbius the character. I, I finished it. I was like, I was like, I've seen worse movies. That's what I said to Michelle. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, All right, I think Adam. That's mostly the case. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Adam, you've got a big job now. Because uh, right. yeah. you, now you can do a big pitch. Superboy's Legion. Let me. I'll, I'll give the pitch for the audience, and then you can take it from here. The pitch, which surprised me, because I thought this was just going to be uh, a Superboy in the you know Legion storyline, sort of set back in time a bit. But actually, it's in Elseworlds where um, Kal-El's craft doesn't make it to Earth in like the fifties or whenever. Uh, it, I believe, crash lands or something, and he's sort of stuck in suspended hibernation. Uh, and it's not discovered till like the 30th century or 31st century, um, by which time there is no Legion yet, 
Um, there's the science police. There's RJ Brand. There's a lot of the pieces are in place. They discover. Um, I think RJ Brand discovers the the ship. Does he? And mm-hmm. and yep. adopts Kal-El, who's Superboy, who becomes Superboy with all these powers. But the science police kind of uh, almost sort of authoritarian kind of police state grip are constantly trying to bust him because he's going out exploring the universe and stuff. Um, he then encounters the various components of what becomes sort of like the Legion. They encounter stiff resistance from the Fatal Five um, who were being controlled by a Luther, which was a surprise. Um and then it goes all the way to the big bad is actually really... Is it Computo? Um, I mean, it's still uh, Luthor. It's still Luthor. Just, yeah, but he's, he's like a program. Anyway. Yeah, but, but, but yeah. like, am I right in saying Computo was the thing that Brainiac created that did actually go evil at one point? Yeah. Um, there's Puto Universo with... here. Okay, yeah. but Right, the, the, they combine Computo and Universo as far as... The, the general idea behind Computo, mm. but then calling it Universo, which harkens back to the villain. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, Ron Vidar's father. Um, and then anyway, good, so you find yeah. out it's cool. Like I, I enjoyed it. Great artwork, by the way. Fantastic oh, yeah. artwork. Uh, yeah, so this one's by Mark Farmer and Alan Davis, who did yeah. the nail together only in this one. Mark Davis or Mark Farmer is writing, and Alan Davis is doing the art. And yeah, Alan Davis's art is always incredible. Yeah, and so the, in the conclusion, you find out that the real Luthor, who <laughs> got paralyzed by Batman back in the 20th century, which is kind of funny, um, he he then withdrew. He inserted like a program, which is actually this Luthor. He's, he's just mm-hmm. like a malignant program. The real Luthor died like eons ago isolated and alone etc and yeah and it's yep. it's pretty cool there's there's nods to brainiac in the design as well i noticed the original proper mm-hmm. brainiac who i call the proper yeah brainiac, I, you know? I would say that essentially he's combining luthor and brainiac almost in the one character here um in in, in a way um but also yeah uh, there's also geoforce shows up a lot which is what i was referring to about yes. alan davis having affection for the outsiders yeah, and, and I mean, all in all, it's a very interesting... They're, they're, they're 250 pages. I'd never read them before. I enjoyed them. I think that he's trying to cram a lot of stuff in, maybe too much stuff. But I'll, I'll toss it over to you guys. Adam, you want to take us through in depth? Because that's just my very brief overview of it. There was a lot of information in these pages, I felt. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> first off, I think, Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, this one came out right around the time Legion Lost was coming out, so there wasn't really, like, a regular Legion book, so it was kind of nice to have this extra. I think so. The, I know Superboy's Legion came out in 2001, so mm, that okay. would have been around sure the that. time... That would have been around the time, I think, of Legion Lost and the Legion. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, exciting stuff, especially to get such a premier artist on the Legion, and I know he's doing some covers for the Legion, too. Um, but yeah, so basically, yeah, what you said, Rich is, or I'm sorry, I call you Rich, uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so let's get <laughs> it right. I am the emperor <laughs> of Signal, uh, and of Legion Outpost. And, you know, I rule with an iron fist, Alan, by the way, as well, you know, but, 
But Rich is my oh, co-host. I, I get on that Signal. impression listening to you guys. That, yeah, that, that, uh, Rich that, is my co-host, and uh, I wouldn't say he's running the drinks, but uh, you know, he certainly knows to bow before the emperor, kind of thing. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, Adam, I did a quick, uh, quick plot uh, search over in the Grand Comics database. Legion Lost ran through 2000 through 2001. And if memory serves, let's see, Legion Lost number 12 was actually released sometime in, like, April, well, cover date April 2001, so I'd say probably the early part of 2001, right around the same time that this came out. And then Legion Worlds came after this. I don't think they were to... To Legion, uh, to the Legion yet, but and were you buying all this? Did you did you, did you oh, buy yes. all this at the time when it came I out? I have all the original issues. Uh, so was this way. in the prestige format, like Speeding Bullets came out, and was it like in this? It's it, mm, it yeah, yeah, yes, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, the the square bound with the with the look, and I've always loved the covers, mm. and I also i I love what. Uh, what Davidson, well, what Farmer and Davis did as far as design, yeah, um, oh, and yeah, some of the different design tweaks to it. Yeah, that was nice. Some of the design tweaks were nice, and also some of the, you know, little tweaks to the characters or um, mm-hmm. their backgrounds. Uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, with Legion Lost and Legion Worlds coming out, this was kind of a nice little treat for Legion fans who were like, okay, I like the Legion, but I'd like to see more than just you know a handful of characters at a time because obviously. Legion Lost only had about a dozen, and Legion Worlds, you know, only had a few at a time. Um, but yeah, we find out the science police don't really like Superboy because he's always going off exploring, which I get their point. I, you know, it doesn't really seem safe for him to be flying around. I, I don't get that point. For me, that it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not with the science police. They're always pricks. Like, But he's know? a 12-year-old. Like, do you trust a 12-year-old not to fly up in the sky and uh, fly well, through an airplane or something? If he's Superboy, I do. You know, oh, come on now. I, I would trust. A, <laughs> I would trust a twelve. Is he twelve in this or sixteen? Yeah, he's probably older than that. Yeah, exactly, Adam. Yeah, yeah he that's looks right. A little bit older. Good to have uh-huh. you on, Alan. Yeah, good to see you picking up at him. The computer's trying to get a few through past me there. You, you I don't think, think uh, he's sixteen. If he's he's crying about I, getting scolded by his dad, I, I, think I reckon he's, he's 13, oh, 13, 14, 13, 14, somewhere around there. He's in the middle. That would be. You know what? That would make perfect sense because in um. If Rock, if it's if they're holding to the old continuity, Cosmic Boy was fourteen um, when he left Brow because that's the age of majority on Brow, uh, and that's when he met Imra and Garth. So that putting Superboy at about fourteen or fifteen actually is perfect. How do you pronounce the name? Is it Emra? I was always. I never knew how to pronounce the name. Actually, Jesus Imra, Christ, dude! I, Jesus I, Christ! I'm gonna walk off the show. <laughs> Oh, what are you talking about, Dave? Adam, give him a break. For uh, up until I was yeah. about eight, I thought it was pronounced met- Metropolis instead of Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, like so. How do you pronounce it? Emra is how you say it, is it? It's yeah. How yeah. do you say? It? You say Irma? Yeah. In my mind, I, I, I've never really said it out loud. I M R A. I'd never really said yeah. it out loud before, but okay, yes, Emra, but, good to know. But do you say there's no need, there's no need to gatekeep, play. Adam. You don't want to be a gatekeeper. <laughs> I'm not gatekeeping, Dave. We do a Legion podcast. We've done like 25 episodes. Half the time you pick Superboy stories or Lobo stories. So don't even start with me, sir. All right. Yeah, but is, is it Ayla or Isla? I don't know. I'm scared to it answer. It would be like me saying, is, is, is he called Judge 
Judge Dreed? Judge Dreed? <laughs> yeah, that's not amusing. Anyway. That's not amusing. All right. Okay, continue anyway, with the synopsis. He is 14 yes. because we do get years when they find okay. the thing. 987 to 3001. So, okay. All right. He's yeah, about that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so he comes out and he runs into some Green Lanterns. And I think the Green Lanterns are pretty much what give him the idea to become a superhero. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Rock and Imra are kind of already on the track of, uh, I think they're training with the science police. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is pretty much in line with what we've seen from them and other continuities, uh, somewhat. She's looking good. Can I just say that she's looking real good in that uniform? Hey, she's Fourteen, man. Oh Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> fuck, mate! Like, you know what? We're not even allowed. Like, I tell you what, for a fourteen-year-old, she's very well developed, is all I'll say. But anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, I, I could say the same thing about the boys. So yeah, there I you get go. It. Yeah, I like get it. it's the future. We don't know what's going on. We don't know all the laws. Like. And she's from Titan as well, can I just add? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And she's a drawing, so I'll let us yeah, She's a drawing. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. But anyway, continue. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Superboy meets up with uh, Rock and Emra uh, when they're attacked by a blister beast, and that's kind of what forms the Legion. So, instead of yeah. Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, and Lightning Lad, we have Superboy, uh, Superboy's Legion with mm. Cosmic Boy and uh, Saturn Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have tryouts. And I thought the tryouts were fun. Um, yes. We get to see a lot of different characters. Um, yeah, uh, Claw- uh, there's a little bit of a twist on. Sun I see Boys Wildfire here. I'm looking at one which has got a. B- I see Wildfire who doesn't get much of a run in the comic. Who's standing next to Wildfire with the sort of tall black hair? It's like a beehive. Night haircut. girl. Night girl. Okay, cool. She's one of the subs, and she's normally Cosmic Boy's girlfriend. Right. Okay. Cool. And you see Dreamy back there. Dreamy's the back there. Hair. Yeah, I do see yeah. Dreamy back there, looking good as always. Dreamy. Yep. Not that I'm yeah. getting carried away, because she could be too young. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. It is interesting, though, how many of these are characters who were introduced much later. Sure. Uh, I think I even see Infectious last back there in one panel. Yep. Yeah, it is interesting. It's like, you know, having the benefit of everyone being created, it's kind of nice that you can kind of yeah. put them all in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, we also see one of my favorites, Polar Boy. I forgot to mention him earlier. Polar Boy is one of my favorites. You do love um, Polar Boy. Yep, I sure do. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. Sunboy, Element Lad, and, oh. well, I was going to say Sunboy and Element Lad at least have little twists on their costumes, which are kind of cool. Mm. Um, I see actually all the subs. Oh yeah. One, uh, yeah. One, yeah. Two, There's Fire three, Lad. Fire yep. Lad is behind Dream Girl. Night Girl. Um Stone, Stone Boy. Boy. And of course Polar Boy and Chlorophyll Kid right in front. I've got a question. I've got a question. And and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, and, and Alan, you can maybe speak to this. Was I right in in in, in picking up a bit of a gay vibe between was it Sunboy and someone else? Like the guy who died, were they a couple or were they just really good buddies? I didn't get that vibe here. Oh, okay. They I were... Personally. I thought they they're, might have... They're written as really good buddies, but at the same time... Yeah. Let, let's just say... Um, let, let's just say that I wouldn't be surprised if um, if one of them tapped the other <laughs> at least a couple of times. No, yeah, because... I just I just thought that. I mean, I'm, I'm a deep reader, as Adam knows, and I just picked up that vibe, and I thought I'd mention that on the show. That was one of my observations. I, 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 oh, I, yeah. I thought, and I mean that in a good way, because I, I, from my understanding, 
the Legion of Superheroes has a really big gay fan base. That's what I've that's what I've heard. Oh, yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah, it does. Um, if you ever pop over to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, you can mm-hmm. go back um, to, I think it was 2020. Right. That they did, where they did uh, a particular issue, or the the issue with uh, the whole Siobhan slash Sean Aaron. Right. And I was that was the first time I guested on there, uh, because that's what I wrote about. I say, <laughs> that's right. what my chapter is about. Gotcha. And yeah, there's always been a. There's always been, at the very least, a certain amount of gay subtext. Yes. That there were, um, but in in a case like this, the one thing I have never seen them do, and I think that this would be good if Farmer, if Farmer and uh, if Farmer and Davis were actually kind of leaning towards this, is mm. that um, that actually have some bisexual characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the way they, you know, if you like your guys big and hot, you know where to find us. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I was gonna yeah. say this as well. And, and I'm and I'm sure some boy was some boy almost has that look like size matters. Yes. Yep. On his face. And I was also gonna say I believe that the Legion fan base was actually very uh cosplay was a big thing for them in the seventies before it, it uh it blew up big in like the nineties and two thousands. Like cosplay was always a big factor in the fan conventions in the seventies. Uh, am I right? Um, from what I know of it, yes, mm, I know I chose. Uh, I know I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to how to do a Superman cape where I could actually hide my my uh, civilian clothes in it. Sure. So this is the kind of research that I do, Adam. See, so like you, you yeah. see, like this is the kind of stuff I do. You think it's all because I can't pronounce Irma? Well, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm in touch on all sorts of stuff on the fan base. Anyway, continue, Adam, with your. Hey, uh, Dave. Synopsis. Thank you for contributing. Thank I, you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Well. You anyway. Know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we get a bunch of members join Sunboy, Colossal Boy, Element Lad, Shrinking Violet, Bouncing Boy. So. Um, yeah, Shadowless. Mm. Um, and you can see that uh, Superboy is a little seems to be infatuated with uh, Shadowless there. Mm. I think. At least that's the way I got it from his facial expression. But I, I couldn't tell if he was infatuated or or just still in shock that something Stones. actually. She's like him. she's yeah. like she's like almost kills him, and then he, then he's like maybe now you believe in magic, and you're right. He does, he, he, but it's hard to know if that's just the artist. He does tend to draw yeah. eyes like that a bit, you know? Yeah, and I, I imagine you like this costume too, Dave. Um, but yeah, also... I, don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Uh... Um, although I think it would have been better if her costume were literally composed of just plain shadows. <laughs> I think In my was, mind, it is. I thought you were going to say that it would be better if she was topless, because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is something. If, if they could just... If they could just manage to get okays for that, or just constantly protected, do it. I mean, shoot, who was it? Laurel Kent would fly around in nothing but like the teeniest of bikinis. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot I, of times it didn't look like she was wearing anything under there. Remember? Uh huh. <laughs> there, there were times when I'm like, when I'm like, what? Do you at least have a couple of pasties on under there? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, like a pop star or something. But anyway, um, it's good stuff. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I, you know if what you I thought? You know, you know what I thought? I, I thought during this, I thought the reveal, when it was Lex Luthor, I thought it was going to be RJ Brand. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I, and I, I like to really mix stuff up. So it was kind of cool that they pulled Luthor out of the hat, actually. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, also, the reporter here is Lois Olson. So yeah, I hated that. Either... I absolutely hated that. I thought that was cheesy as hell. Like, oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, just you know, because sometimes with this Elseworld stuff, they've always got to have Lois, and they just couldn't call her Lois Lane, so it's Lois Olson. And I'm like, well, my well, thought, uh, Rich, or I'm not Rich again. Come on, Dave. <laughs> my my thought on this Dion, <laughs> yeah, 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 is that um, is that this is probably Jimmy's uh, descendant with Lucy Lane, not Lois, but uh, in the his name. it's possible. It's possible. So that. It's possible because like, with no, I don't really see Jimmy and no Lois Super- together. Yeah, with no Superman, yeah. I mean, come on, with no Superman, you would have probably no. You know, Lois probably died an old maid because there was obviously no other man who was good enough for her. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I do like some of the some of the funky things they did with um, Lightning Lad, Lightlass, and uh, Projectra. Yes, me too. Yeah, I thought that was cool. So yeah, I mean, first off, obviously they're not from a, a farming planet. They might be. There are enough trees around okay. behind them. Well, they were, they're they very regal. Plantation owners. I liked also Triplica yeah. Girl as well. You had a panel with her, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I've always liked Triplica yes. Girl. She looks almost a bit Asian in this picture. She does a little. Yeah, yeah I think that's the Alan Davis eye. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, Alan, what did you, I guess, have in mind for Lightning Lad then and Lightlass? Lightning Lad and Lightlass? Well, I thought, um, I figured, okay, if you lean into five years later, then Garth ran the Lightning Ring Plantation. So, Plantation sounds like maybe they were, like, maybe they're a bit more like the um, upper class British gentleman farmer type. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, and I, I also like, yeah, <laughs> I, I like later when they, when they make that nice nod to, uh, how Lightlass's powers work in this uh, in this particular story, and I think it works a lot better in some ways than what her powers actually did. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so here she's called Lightlass, but it's because her powers are literally of light, right? Like the right, you know, instead yeah, of that... normally being gravity, which makes no real sense, you know. But this, you can see where they got there. Yeah, and actually, with this, you can you can see it because I mean, come on. Electro, uh, electricity, electromagnetism, mm. all those wonderful things, fundamental forces, refining the, refining a fundamental force like electromagnetism down into, uh, down into the visible spectrum. Yeah, that kind of works. Yeah, Dave, I'm not sure if you caught on to that one, but no, um, I did. You know, obviously, completely. normally she has gravity power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, the science explanation there was I was lost, but I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean. She's a cool character, and I, I did like the way they went a bit of a different direction. Because don't forget, yeah. as in Elseworlds, it's fun and on to do a different spin. And a lot of this, they were quite similar, but yeah, they did do a different direction. And the way they they talk quite sort of posh as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very different from when you think of Lightning Lad normally, you know? Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And also, it doesn't feel like um, Princess Projector is somehow living in a weird, uh, in a weird land. Yeah. I mean, come on! You normally, should, in the normal universe, Projector was living on a planet that was back in the feudal ages, yes. and yet a starship would land periodically, and nobody'd think anything of it. But also, it phased um, in and out of existence, or something, didn't it? Like you could only get there. Uh, no, that was that was Tyrock's homeworld. Uh, okay, that was Tyrock's home island. That, but yeah, this is. I also thought it was kind of funny that you know they they had those jokes about. Xerox being the sorcerer's world, Bismol being the home of Matter Eater Lad. Nobody ever seemed to catch on that um, 
that Disney's Magic Kingdom was built in Orlando, and mm. where does Projector live? But on a on a planet that's like that's like a gigantic Magic Kingdom named Orlando. That's wow. true, actually. Yeah, and she was invented yeah. by a thirteen year old. <laughs> and the only th- the only thing I wonder is because Disney World didn't open until nineteen seventy four. Is really? if uh, really yeah not even until seventy four yeah. really wow yeah it's um, did not know that. Seventy-four, and if it if memory serves, they might have been working on it for so long though that that um, that Shooter may have even heard of it on the Wonderful World of Disney, like when he created, right? When he yeah, created, it was interesting. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, Orando, the whole bit about Orando didn't come about until later anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. I've got a question. Anyway, I'm sorry. Superboy's arm wrestling. Who is the arm wrestling? Is that Colossal Boy? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, so we see the subs are still going to go off and from the subs, it looks like. And That's then cool. Bouncing Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Bouncing Boy was accepted, but he's apologizing to Pharaoh Lad and Karate Kid, who did not get in. Um, so Poor yeah, Karate Kid. Karate Kid didn't get in. He does get a moment to shine, though, later in the second issue. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Bouncing Boy is like, you know, kind of worried. You know, he said, I just came yeah. to support you guys and yada yada. But uh, I, I noticed the close up on uh, Feral Lad's face, at least in the version I've got and in the original print version, that it looks like he might be a black guy under that mask. Uh, but, but, uh, yes. Really scarred. It's very scarred, guy. but it does look like, mm. it does look like yeah. black scar tissue. I agree. I'm looking at yeah. it right now. Interesting catch. Yeah. And, yeah, I think good uh, catch, Alan. Good catch, Alan. It. Alan, that's why you, you're running Thanks. a class. That's why you're running a class, my friend. <laughs> and I think recently Bendis did um, establish him as black, didn't he? When he brought him back. Thanks, Bendis. I, I mean, believe so. Yeah, I mean, ben- Jesus Bendis Christ, the one good thing right. Bendis did. That's it. Well done, Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they get called away because there's a there's a comet or asteroid, sorry, headed towards Rimbor. Um, and we see Ultra Boy there as a gang member, which was kind of cool seeing yep. him do his thing. Um, and then he's there with Phantom Girl and also uh, Chameleon Boy, so that's where they come in. Mm-hmm. And Chameleon Boy looks a little more alien. Alan Davis is doing his Alan Davis thing, where I feel like he'll sometimes tweak the designs of like um, alien people and make them look a little different. Sure. <clears throat> like, I'm trying to think, uh, like, the Beast, I think he always had a little bit of a different look when Alan Davis drew him. Um, but, yeah, so those, that's where these three come into the story. Um, but, yeah, the Legionnaires are headed towards uh, Rimbor, and Superboy uh, is being a little cocky. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, so then they come across Brainiac 5 and Invisible Kid, who in this... In this story, I kind of thought this was cool, is that Invisible Kid got adopted by Co Lewins, yes. and then he, uh, Brainiac 5 is just a creation of the Co Lewins to keep him company, like a clone. Uh, yeah, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Brainiac 5 sorely, sorely need a hairstylist. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have time for that kind of thing, but um, <laughs> hey, I also thought it was interesting that he was more of an actual computer and he could like go into cyberspace. So I thought I thought a lot of what Mark Farmer did with like little twists were pretty good. I agree. I agree. And then we get Starboy, who looks like his own, you know, his I own like deal. I like this character. Is this is this character in the normal comics? The guy in the purple with the big star. 
the Gillis. Sure he is. Um, sure he is. Uh, lately, they call him Star Man instead of Star Boy. Mm. He's the one who's got the Starfield uh, suit. Oh yeah, yeah. Suit. It's completely he different. Girl. Yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. the guy well, now. Yeah, he, so he's completely okay. different look to this. Yeah. Yeah, this right. is a it's, Silver Age design. Yeah, this is a cool little, design. I like this design. Yeah, I believe Far, um, Farmer and Davis really didn't change his costume particularly, and I've always loved the look of this. Yeah. They also make him look a little buffer, a little older. Like, I don't know if he's supposed to be... I don't know. He just looks like he could be an adult compared to the others. Yeah, no, I agree. He looks like a heavy hitter. He looks like a heavy hitter. Yeah. Um, it and the his description of his powers is a little different, and it doesn't seem like because in the original, well, in standard continuity, Starboys, Starboy temporarily had Superboy style powers, but they eventually wore off. This it seems like all of his powers are coming from the same. So he's got the mass increase, but he also has the super strength. But he also has the super, you know, he has all those other Superboy style powers too. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and he does something here to increase Superboy's mass, so he can take out the asteroid easily, more easily. Um, but it doesn't seem to work. I don't remember what happens here. Uh, oh, he does oh, no, pull it off. Works. Why is Ultra Boy mad at him? Oh, because they're <laughs> a bunch of evacuees, and he's. He uh, about destroyed him, but then uh, then the Fatal Five attack, right? Soon, which is an interesting thing, considering that the Fatal Five didn't come together in the comics until the Legion put them together. You know, in the regular continuity. Sure. Mm-hmm. But but this I is having it. a bit of fun, man. This is like oh no no, know. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It makes perfect sense too, given who, given who the you know, given that Luther's the mastermind. Yeah. Yeah, and all the Legionnaires, they're a little, you know, raw. They're not as trained up. So we have a, a casualty here. We get Colossal Boy gets killed, and also um, Cosmic Boy loses an arm. Yeah, uh, I did not yeah. see that coming. That was a surprise. That's a yeah. tough one for you, Adam. I know you're a Cosmic Boy fan. He, he lost an arm there. Uh, he just looks even cooler with the, with the cybernetic arm, so sure. I'm, I'm good with it. We, yeah, <laughs> shades, shades like of, it. Um, yeah, Shades of Lightning Lad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, and then the big reveal is that they wanted to take Brainiac 5 to give to Luthor, and that was the end of the first issue. And I have to say, personally, I found mm. myself enjoying the second issue a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I probably agree with you, but I did like the fight scene, though. I thought the fight scene was good stuff. Like, there was a lot of... It was a lot of good action at the end of this first issue, though. I, I enjoyed the action scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so the next issue starts with a funeral. Sunboy is upset about the loss of his friend or lover, whatever you guys. Yeah, sure. We've decided. Uh, <laughs> fling, I think, would be the best description. You know. Okay. Friend, whatever. <laughs> friend with um, benefits. Yeah, friends with What's benefits. That? Oh, okay, friends with benefits. Friend with benefits. Yep, yeah. that's it. That's it. Um, yeah. So they uh, are going to try to track down the Fatal Five. Mm-hmm. Ultra Boy gets a little upset because. Superboy seems like he's given up. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't feel like Superboy comes off the best in this story. No, he doesn't. He comes off as a bit of a, uh, I don't know, a bit of a lightweight, frankly. You know? Yeah, a bit of a sidekick. Yeah. For Superboy's Legion, I uh, he I agree, this wasn't Superboy's finest hour. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, uh, so Luthor and the Fatal Five are trying to... They're using Sprainiac 5 to try to access Kolu, is that right? Yes. Yes. I thought so. Uh, and uh, so... Um, There's a good scene uh, where... Uh, is it Ultra Boy it just smacks Superboy with a massive like uppercut? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a good scene, and Superboy takes it, and then and then they is it Phantom Girl like gets between them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She stays with Superboy, and so does Chameleon Boy, because yeah. um, yeah, Chameleon Boy has been assigned to like protect Phantom Girl, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I just saw a picture of Star Girl. I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, she would have been a pretty new character at this point, but yeah, Stargirl in this flashback. Um, anyway, so yeah, the Chameleon Boy and Phantom Girl stay with Superboy, and then they encounter Lightning Lad, Light Lass, and Princess Projectra, mm-hmm. uh, saying, you look yeah. like you, you need some more raw power. And uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. then Lois Olsen comes in, and she tells... I don't know, I think she gets some... What happens with her? She tells him to go. You get the good <laughs> scene. You get the good scene where uh, Starboy comes back and he's saying, "Starboy, I thought you returned to space. What happened? I got careless, but I'll heal." And you see his face is like all cracked up and stuff. Yeah, he looks all yeah. messed up. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And he's the one that kind of convinced him to go do what he thinks is right. Yep. And you see, Cosmic mm-hmm. Boy has the has the arm that you were talking about, Adam. Yep. It almost cool looks arm. like one of uh, Aquaman's like water arms. You know. Yeah, had going yeah. for a while, or the reboot Lightning Lad had an arm that kind of yeah. looked similar. Yeah, be kind of cool uh, to have an like arm. How... Be kind of cool to have like a cybernetic arm if it was like fully functional and stuff. If you could crush stuff up and you, you know, imagine if you could just crush stuff up in front of people and they're like, "Wow, you're really strong." I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. You should be scared of me." <laughs> I could see that just, happening. Just be careful what you're using for certain activities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Good call uh, back there. Yeah. Continue, Adam. Yeah. I'm enjoying your synopsis. Yeah. Okay, good. Fur Lad and Karate Kid come back uh, where uh, Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl are uh, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then the science police kind of invade and say, hey. We don't like what this Legion's doing. Fuck this science um, place. I hate the science place in Legion. They're just constant, constant thorns in the Legion side. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What a fan. Really good scene. Uh, page 31. What looks to me like a Brainiac-inspired thing when it comes out um, looks really good. I, I really like the sort of cybernetic kind of, <clears throat> you know, it's like a Brainiac design almost from the Just League cartoon show, you know? Oh, I lost my page. Yeah, it does. I mean, it looks like the, uh, what, I guess the Bronze Age Brainiac. I love it. I damn love it. Like, yeah, it's like the rebooted Brainiac that came back. Remember when they brought him back and it was like a redesign? Mm-hmm. I love it. What do you think, Alan? <laughs> are, you, are you a fan of this Brainiac design? I like it quite a bit. I, I like a lot of the different designs in here. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the Brainiac is one of the best. I also like the character in Fatal Five. What's his name? He's like half robot. Therok. Therok. He's he's one of my favorites. He he's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I always liked that design. Yeah, I thought it was I pretty creepy. Pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Legion coming to blows with the Fatal Five again. Mm-hmm. And rematch. Uh, rematch. Yeah, rematch. And then yeah, that's where we find out that Lex Luthor 
is basically um, a program at this point. That took me by surprise. Um, that took me by surprise big time. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. I was thinking, how did Lex survive? Like, I was wondering if it was going to be Lazarus Pits, but I'm like, how are they going to insert Lazarus Pits into this Legion storyline? It doesn't feel like a natural kind of fit. Um, if you recall, Alan, you, you, you might remember this. At some point in the 2000s, they had a Legion story where they were fighting Ra's al Ghul. Yes, that yeah. was uh, the initial issues of the Legion. Yeah, um, I thought it was cool. Probably the it was within the first year, so yeah. it would have been right around this time, actually. I was picking it up um, in singles at the time. It was a pretty cool storyline yeah. from memory. Yeah, mm, we did it yeah. on the show, Dave. Oh, okay, well there we go. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's proof that it's a good story. If, yeah. if you guys covered it, it's a good storyline. It definitely yeah. is, yeah. and and you know, but my memory is always a bit. It's a bit cut and paste, isn't it, Adam? You know, you know, like, yeah. But yeah, Alan is right. You know, we carefully curate these shows, and then sure. you know, Dave throws in a story that doesn't have the Legion, or you know, <laughs> now he wants to do Legion because it has Lobo in it. You know, so. oh, not just because of that, mostly because of that, though, mostly. And That's you the only reason you mentioned, and you approved it from memory. You did approve it. Yeah. I got, I got conditional yeah, approval. I'm... See, <laughs> see, I, I remember, I remember some of these discussions from previous episodes and yes you you kind of nod and go along with it adam yeah that's exactly right yeah, yeah. it's just but like that's sometimes because, though that's because you know. you know who the boss is yeah exactly <laughs> gotta keep the boss happy <clears throat> anyway continue yeah. so you're, you're about two-thirds of the way through we're fighting brainiac um i've got to say yeah brainiac uh five's hair i agree isn't fantastic i'm looking at it here on a <laughs> it's just a mess it's just kind of it's not even really a mop. It's just kind of like a scarecrow's haircut or something. It's just there's no. It's one style. of those Alan Davis things where you know every now and then he'll do something that you just don't like. Yeah. Like uh, uh-huh. I never really liked his Wolverine. He just looked a little weird. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, there's there's certain characters where he'll draw them and he'll have, they'll have a certain character, you know, characteristic that only he does. But <coughs> pardon me. Um, yeah, so Ultra Boy and Phantom Girl kind of reunite, uh, and they're happy with each other again. Mm. Uh, where uh, the science police get so worried about what Saturn Girl is doing that they want to kill her, <laughs> and then yep. that's when Karate Kid and Feralad come in and you know kind of help save the day. Um, I'm kind of just skimming over a lot of this because there's a lot of fighting. Sure. Uh, I did think this scene was cool where Batman kicks him. No, I don't give a shit about Batman. That was great. That say <laughs> Batman just lays in with the kick and just paralyzes um, uh, Lex Luthor. I thought that was a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. Why is that what stands out to you? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was I cool. Thought it, <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute when um, they're looking at, when I think it's, who was it? Um, looking at Projectra and then sees that snake form around her, like, yeah. like maybe <laughs> Like maybe she's Sorry. not exactly human. Mm. That was a nice nod back to the uh, to censor. Yes, in the, in the reboot Legion that's going on at the at this time. Yeah, we did mm-hmm. that. We did that one as well, didn't we, Adam? Yeah, I think we've done a bit of that. Yeah, I've never been as huge on the snake uh, version of her personally. Um, sure. As long as you don't call her Snecky around me, I'll be I'll be okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, I was just always liked her um, her costume that she had. 
with the red, and you know, it was real low cut. But <laughs> uh huh, you, know. you mean the Dave Cockrum designed costume? Yes, yeah. yes. The snake doesn't quite do it for me. <laughs> I love but the yes. sound effect things they put for uh, when Bouncing Boy saves the day on the on that starship that's crashing. Spoing. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool Spoings. scene. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever really seen him do anything to that effect. Um, you know, previous not in this, plate like so. that. Yeah, I think this maybe this is what um, gave Bendis the idea of making him so expandable and invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bouncing Boy is a cool character. It's a shame that for so many of the years of the Legion that <coughs> he wasn't featured more. You know, I agree. I agree. He is a cool yeah. character. Yeah. Definitely. He's a bit of fun, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay, so, so Superboy yeah. saves Brainiac 5, and that's when Brainiac comes out. Uh, well, Lex Luthor comes out in a Brainiac body. Yep. He said that he had um, the Kaluans build him mm. a body. So. Yeah, and I, I love that it's a, that the type of body is referred to as a Vril Dox. Mm. Yeah, because, what she said was Kaluan for eternal brain. Yeah, um, because I, I don't know how much of, of L-E-G-I-O-N you've read, Dave, but Vrildox uh, is Brainiac 5's ancestor in, uh, oh, okay. the one in that. Cool. Well, okay. the original Brainiac was called Vrildox 2, wasn't he? I mean, Vrildox um, as well. The Superman the, Brainiac. The yeah. android Brainiac was not, but oh, okay. he adopted a humanoid <laughs> named Vrildox. Right. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking that um, he was called Vrildox Two, but I guess maybe he's called Brainiac Two. Okay. I'm typing yeah. that in. I'm typing that in while you're talking, Adam. Let's just get a let's get clarification on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Brainiac. Yeah, Brainiac. This is from Wikipedia. This is from Wikipedia, so it can't be wrong. Brainiac. In brackets, Vrildox is a fictional supervillain character appearing in American comics published by DC Comics, created by Otto Bender and Al Pastini. The character debuted in Action Comics 242 in July 58. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, Brainiac, Brainiac was the Vrildox character post-crisis. Gotcha. Right. For a long I time. See. Yeah. Um, and he was supposedly disembodied, went out, possessed um, a human being named Milton Fine, really? who was some carnival mentalist, <laughs> and all this other crap. Right. So yeah, yeah, he's got a pretty on. complex yeah. history. At one point, yeah, he looked like I, a pirate. Remember when he looked like a pirate with a little uh, beard and stuff? Yeah. You know. No, I don't remember that. Oh, I do. Um, yeah, and I do. Real docs. Yeah, the the one in L E G I own is Vrildox's second, if I remember correctly. Cool. Oh, I guess I know what you're talking about. I guess never I never really called that pirate, but I think I know what you mean with a little pointy beard. Yeah, in the nineties. The, 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 yeah. the uh, green arrow beard. Good to see you catching yeah. up, Adam. Good to see you catching up, my friend. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> oh, Adam. Yeah. Come on, Adam. Let's get to the you're on the final two pages. Can we just get to hey, the right now? Just, Come on, I you're just need the... you to use better descriptors next time, no. okay? It's no. not not a pirate. But it's anyway. a pirate. It's a flamboyant pirate. <laughs> anyway, Thera architect Superboy. Um, meanwhile, the Emerald Eye goes and is attacking uh, Cosmic Point Saturn Girl. And I thought this was cool where they said Farrah Lad. He said, oh, wait, lady, did you say magic? Uh, and it says, it's a little-known fact, lost in the annals of time, mm. and before it became redundant as a working metal, that the one thing magic is powerless against is iron, which I thought was pretty cool. Um 
Yeah, I, well, the old the old uh, legend, and I know this from some fantasy books. The old legends were that elves were affected by metal, by the iron. I don't know if you know that. Like back in ancient history and stuff, uh, in myth, like iron was like magical creatures would be <laughs> hurt by iron, uh, like a lot. Yeah, right, because they have swords, mm. right? <laughs> but yeah, right. I thought that was a neat yeah, thing. Yeah, but more there. than more than normal people, kind of thing. Like they, they were sort mm. of like it's in the old legends of like you know European folklore and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the last time that I can recall that they had made any mention about his iron form having t- um, having any kind of effect on the supernatural is all the way back in Adventure Comics number three fifty one. Mm, wow. Okay, I have to check. When check he creates, out. when he, um, it's when he creates the pot, the cauldron. How do you remember all this stuff, Alan? How do, you, how do you remember it to tie it to issue numbers? Like, have you just got like a computerized mind, or, or like, have you got any notes or what? How do you know this? I'm a nerd. Wow, I don't remember anything, Adam. How come I can't remember anything? It's not fair. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I've I've read these. Oh, I also read those over and over and over. My good. brother, back in the old days before they actually before comic boxes were even really a thing. Yeah, my brother kept. My brother had the entire run of Adventure Comics three hundred through three eighty cool. that he kept in a briefcase. Right. Mm. Yeah. Just walked and around I, with that. I, <clears throat> he kept he kept it at home, but. Um, I knew where to go to, you know, to open the briefcase. It's like Jerry Garcia with his briefcase. Yeah. You know, he used to contain a few illicit substances in that briefcase. Your your brother's rolling around with the Legion. Imagine, imagine yeah, if it got right. captured or something. Because there's a whole movie in that. You're trying to recapture the Legion, you know, briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Yeah, the best drug of all, man. Yeah, um, exactly. Imagination. He even, has, <laughs> he even has a copy of Adventure Two Forty Seven tucked away somewhere. Love it. Wow, that's pretty cool. How much would that retail for on the open market? Oh, I don't even know anymore. His is and his is not in that great of shape either. The Wait covers come, the covers coming off. So yeah, I think I read at one. Uh, I think I read a few years ago that it was going for like fifteen hundred in that in that bad of shape. Wow. Have you got that, Adam? As well? Did you buy that key? Sure do. Yeah, I sure thought do. Did. I thought you did. Adam's got a little collection that he he doesn't talk much about. He likes to keep it undercover. Oh yeah, uh, well, a little collection. Uh, well, you know, it's it's just a good thing I don't know exactly where Adam lives, or I might go there. Might be an interesting little road trip that he might that that might happen to you know be dropping by while nobody's home. Just a little hit, just a little hit and run. You know, you come up. Yeah. Who could have Adam's comic book collection curiously missing some key Legion issues? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've also got the uh, the action figure set. I picked those up recently. That was the cool. Big that looked cool, yeah. man. That actually did look cool. Yeah, yeah. Are those the actual like came in the <laughs> clubhouse? Yeah, the clubhouse. Excuse me, sorry. No, no you're good. I've got the um, I've got the PVC figures. Came that came in that little mini clubhouse, but that thing got uh, so dirty yeah. that I took the figures out. And we now display them. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, I need to pick those up. All right, so uh, wrapping this up. Yep, uh, wrap Fair it up. Take us home. The uh, <laughs> Fair Lad takes care of the Emerald Eye, which they turn out is actually an independent being and is actually you know uh, a good person or a good being, uh, which contrasts to the uh, the Levitt's version where the Emerald Eye is actually 
the evil one. I prefer the evil one. I prefer it being evil, personally. So do I. Yeah. Me too. Didn't like we that. We need to read con. that story, Dave. It was really cool. Um, yeah, I thought we had. But yeah, no, we'll do it. there's one where the sensor girl like shields the Empress from the eye so that the eye can't find her anymore and can't control her anymore. And she just fades away to dust because the eye was the yeah. only thing that was keeping her alive. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, put that in the notes, Adam, for one of us to do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll that's do good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so anyway, they're uh, chasing after the. Uh, you know, some of the Fatal Five are still chasing after the Legion, but mm. they get taken out because they always do. Yeah, they, uh, always, they always lose, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they all get taken out. Uh, meanwhile, Superboy's mac- wrapping up um, Lex Luthor. Yep. Uh, I don't remember how he gets taken out. I guess basically he gets the shit beat out of him, and then... Um, and then it's revealed the that he's just a program as well, and... Even Brainiac says correct about how he's. Yeah, I was confused though. Is are we supposed to think at the end here that Universo was Brainiac or was Luther the whole time? I think he was just a corrupt program. That's how I. Yeah, I think that that's that's what it was. Was that we were supposed to think that Luther was somehow still alive? Yes. Um, but then you know died and now just a particularly nasty computer program that now believes itself to be that madman. Yeah. Okay, but was that was he also supposed to be Universo? Because at one point they Yes. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's what it is. <clears throat> is it um just like there's no there is no Vidar here, um we never see Vidar as a green uh, as a Green Lantern here. That mm-hmm. um he's also that he that Universo is just the name of the computer, which it's a it I think was mainly done as kind of a nod because if you said if you called it Computo, everybody would be would find it a little, maybe a little too on the nose. Yeah, <clears throat> but Universo was bad enough considering Universo controlled people. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed honestly um, that we had Luthor instead of like Universo or Computo just because you know I like yeah. the Legion villains. But yeah, know. same here. You but can't have it all, Adam. First. You can't have it all. You got to have some characters that you know pop to the mainstream as well. You know what I mean? Mainstream. What's more mainstream than Legion, man? Well, but, I'm just uh, saying, anyway. Lex, Lexi Luther. <laughs> you know, people picking the volume up. It's like okay, everyone knows who Lex Luther is, kind of thing. That's fair. That's fair. I was also disappointed there was no hate tapes, and I know Alan knows what I'm talking about, but Dave doesn't. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, what's that? Yeah, I was like, where are the damn hate tapes? The and hate the tape. first uh, Adventure 300 was the first uh, regular uh, where the Legion had their own feature. Like from Legion 300 to 380, they had it. Um, and Lex Luthor was the villain in that story. But it turns out it's just a villain or a robot version of Lex Luthor. And he's been programmed by hate tapes. Like oh. they open his chest and he's got a bunch of hate tapes in there. That Yeah, it literally says on hate them. on them. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, cool. I'll send you the picture. A, yeah, if you ever see, if you ever hear somebody refer to Earth Low, that's him. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Anyway, uh, so yeah, basically there's this whole thing about uh, Shrinking Violet and uh, Bouncing Boy both kind of realizing that they can uh, <clears throat> make contributions, <clears throat> even though that mm-hmm. their powers are seemingly worthless at times. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
but seemingly. That was a nice way yeah. of saying it. It's like, but they're not useless. They're just, I mean, come on. You need a Legion morale officer. And you need exactly a little, what? a little. I like, I like the little characters like the Adam and Shrinking Violet and stuff. They're kind of cool, you know. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I love that. There are I lots love of things the Adam, especially that they can do. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, um, like they can get in the couch and look for the remote. That's um, it. Things like that. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so they take out Brainiac. Uh, I think they hurl him into the sun or something. Brain, uh, Superboy and Ultra Boy take care of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like those two are making up. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that, uh, you know, they all live happily ever after. And yeah. RJ Brandt accepts Superboy. The science police um, are no longer in charge. And the United Planets take over using Universo still. It's a big happily ever after <clears throat> for everyone, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, it's just like and, everyone uh, lived happily ever after. Ultra Boy gets to lead the team because he's more experienced. And meanwhile, Superboy changes from a Superboy costume into a Monel's costume. Yes. And he calls himself Kal-El, which I thought was kind of cool. That was interesting, I thought. I yes. agree that was interesting. Although, although every time I see that, it's like, <clears throat> I, I say Monel. Oh, you say Monel. Because, yeah, but that's because of an old, it was obviously a joke letter column thing. Somebody asked how you pronounce that. And the editor responded that, that they pro- they pronounce it Monel because the because they moan at the number of times somebody writes in asking that question. <laughs> I guess it makes more sense that it would be Monel because it's Monday. Yes. But that's know, what I would say. Yeah, Mon-El. that's that's what my older brother and I always always said too. <laughs> um, was my, my daughter thinks that Monel is like the coolest superhero because she has I love it. the. Pocket superheroes, DC Comics pocket superheroes, um, uh-huh. and it has uh, Monel and Lightning Lad. So she loves those too, and she thinks that he's like the biggest thing. He's and, pretty you know, cool. Three. He is cool, but she's yeah. three and Rocks. she's like new she to this thing, it. and yeah. it's just funny from her perspective. Like, yeah. you know, she probably thinks comic books are all about Monel. And when we were reading that story, she's like, "Where's Monel?" And I was Mon-El? like, "Well, this guy is Monel's brother," and she's like, "I don't care about Superboy." Yeah, anyway. uh, but, yeah, I, I but, but, but can I that. can I be honest? I blame some of that on the parent too, because you hey, know, <laughs> yeah, because you do like to disregard some of Superboy's achievements, and I'm feeling some of that's coming through <laughs> in the parenting. You know, if I, I was there, <laughs> if I was there, I'd be like, "Hey, Superboy's great." You know, Monel. Imagine Monel like twice as good, that kind of stuff. Oh, and he's got a dog, Crypto. Yeah. I do try to get her on the crypto. They have that Super Pets movie coming yes. out later, but yeah. kind of disappointed uh-huh. by how that one looks, honestly. Yeah. Oh, hey Dave, if you ever want want the um, a crypto shirt, I know where you can get one. I do. I do want one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's a website called Bearded Shirts. Mm-hmm. They sell that. They sell all sorts of Legion and Justice Society T-shirts, and what? they even sell Legion polo shirts. I have twenty-two polo shirts. Wow! With different with different Legion symbols on them. One of them being a silhouette of crypto. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, what are they called? Bearded shirts. Um, they're called. Uh, I, the, yeah, bearded shirts on Facebook. Because, okay. Yeah, the, I'll check probably it out. because the guy who the guy who runs the place is check has a beard. Yeah, no, I found them. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, yeah. sounds cool. Sounds I cool. bought one of their mugs recently. They had their mugs on sale, and it's, um, I think it's a uh, Mike Grell where 
maybe Superboy's holding up the uh, the three founders or something. And it was really oh, nice it's that one from uh, from that damn tabloid where he's holding where he's holding up. It's a Mike Grell inked by Vince Coletta, which means it's not nearly as good as Grell by himself. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike Grell, Vince Coletta, and actually on the original, if I remember right, one side of it had like the older legion or the silver age legion or something and then there's a great dream there's a great dream girl i'm looking at a dream girl cup like glasses it looks excellent Uh uh-huh yeah Uh, i have the cosmic boy one yeah see i i I have been tempted to get something cosmic boy related but i want to make sure it's the bustier is that mm, the is yeah. that the Mankini look? Is that what the Mankini it? look? I was going to yeah. say, what's your what's your vibe on that? Because we debated this Mankini a lot. Are you a fan? Well, uh, when I was growing up, I liked uh, I like to run around in t shirt and shorts. I still right. do. Yeah. So I like it just because I feel like there's no reason why why guys should have to be all covered up and sure. and. Yeah, you know, women can be stripped down to the basics. Sure. Um, and I also, Grell also did that version of Co- of Colossal Boy's outfit where he had no sleeves and uh-huh. he and no sh- and he wore shorts. Yeah. You know, just just that nice that nice kind of mix of look. If some of the Legionnaires wear some wear some short type <laughs> costumes because they're more comfortable that way. Yeah, no, I understand. So that's a you, that's a big tick for the for, for the causing by Mankini. It's a very distinctive look. I, I will say that for uh-huh. it. You don't forget it in a hurry when you see it. You're like, wow, that's a statement. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, it's it. <laughs> I believe I've got a Grell print out in the living room uh. of the founders, and I'm pretty sure that that's got. That it was done in their seventies costumes, so it's pretty cool. I, I, I love that a, era. I love that era in general. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I have a confession though. When I was when I was a kid, I couldn't tell that much difference between Cockrum and Grell, so yeah. I didn't realize that artists had changed. Yeah, between two uh, between two o two and two and uh, two o three of Superboy, but then I got older and I started looking. I'm like. Wait, because Phantom Girl, it's the most ob- in some ways yeah. the most obvious because yeah. it drew the her uh, ponytails different. And is, didn't I, uh, she have the big flares going on as well? Was that her? Oh yeah, I love yeah. those flares. Yeah, they look good. It's a good look. I agree. I uh, never realized either like the difference in artists at that age, but yeah, now I I, I prefer probably uh, Grell over. Um, well, I think it helped for me that Cochran became. A bit more X-Men. <clears throat> distinctive over the years. Mm-hmm. Once he went, once he went over to X Men, and then particularly when he came back to X Men in the around one forty five, um, after Burns' run on it, that his style he had changed enough that I could go back and I could identify it from the older stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually reading through the the Claremont run, and I'm I've gotten I think. Uh, almost through that second cockroom uh, era, so I'm, I'm excited to get through. Yeah, all it's pretty good stuff, isn't Everyone's it, Adam? Stuff. Like that classic stuff. It's pretty, pretty excellent. I think it's good. I think parts of it are really excellent. I think the burn stuff specifically stands out from what I've read. Mm. But um, mm-hmm. I'm not that huge on the Dark Phoenix saga. 
Um, I, in the same way that I'm not that huge on the Great Darkness saga, like people always point to those. And by the and way, as you where... said that, I'm shaking my head. As you said that, but so, so am I. Yeah, he, he so no, like, sometimes Adam says is, he, he's like, you know, you I'm not that big know, on the Dark Phoenix. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's like people point to those <laughs> two stories, Great Darkness Saga and Dark yeah. Phoenix Saga. And I'm like, they're good, but I almost feel like Other the whole better. run around them is very good. Oh, great, yeah. But that, yeah. but people always point to those as being like so much better than everything else I around it. Almost. I tell you what, I, I love. No. I I hear what you're saying there, Adam. That that is true. People, because it's kind of like the highlight of what everyone talked about. But I tell you what, I really like uh, Days of Future Past. I love that. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. But there's a lot yeah, of good those stuff. Are my two least favorite. There's a lot of good stuff in those issues around that period as well. Like it's just a strong period in general. Um, but you are right. People do point to that as if it's the only thing, as if you could read it in isolation. Whereas I think it's all big. I mean, he spent a lot of time crafting the storyline of Dark Phoenix. You know, there's a long lead up to it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and maybe have, if I had read you have it, have to start all um, the way back with the Phoenix Saga. Yes. Yeah, and I think maybe that's part of the problem when I read it, is I should have read it through the run. Instead, I just picked up the trade um, and read just that story where I think I would appreciate it more if I had. I mean, I'll be the first to say you made a mistake, you know. Uh, (laughs) This is coming from the guy that prefers Secret Wars to Crisis, so. What is it? Secret. I prefer Secret Wars, the the original Secret Wars with Wolverine and all that. Yeah, I do. Way more. Way more. Secret Wars did served an entire a different purpose too. Sold a lot of toys. Secret, well, exactly. And <laughs> Secret Wars also wasn't trying to rewrite an entire multiverse. That's it, right? Yeah. And I did hear I mean, you DC giggling had there. Wars I did hear you giggling it. there, Adam. By the way, I did hear you chuckling, and giggling to yourself. Yes. Yeah. The fact that you said way more though, you can't just say you know just a little <laughs> bit. You're just like way more. I'm like. Uh. <laughs> I think the novel. I think the novelization of Secret Wars holds up a lot better than the novelization of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I've never read either. I'd like to read the novelization of uh, Secret Wars. (laughs) Actually, I got it. If you can track them down, there's a website called Graphic Audio. They do a lot of. They do uh, a lot of different titles as. Not exactly audio books, not exactly audio dramas. Right. They're kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And they do, they have a crisis on infinite earths that, um, or at least they used to, I don't know if they, if it's still available or not. Ditto yeah. with, um, ditto with secret wars. Cause I've got both of them oh, and geez. I actually prefer really? re-listening to secret, uh, to secret wars. I'd, I'd love to, you know what? I might make a visit to get this. Can you just buy them digitally? Yeah, you should be able to buy them digitally. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Like, uh, settle down and, and you know, um, yeah, Secret Wars, like that novelization. Yeah, because the Crisis one, like, would be so dense because there's such a dense comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's almost yeah. too much going on. Such, such a dense masterpiece, yeah. Yeah. No, it is, it is a good comic. It is a good comic. You, 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 you do not like it. I, I personally that. don't like it, but, but I can see its appeal, especially for those who are really into, like, you know... I, I can see its appeal. I, and I and yeah. I also can... Not only that, I can appreciate its ambition even more so because it was such a revolutionary thing that they actually did build up to in the comics. So I, I, I think it's... Uh, you'd be a fool to deny their ambition. And it was also oh, something yeah. that... um. 
at the time was phenomenally successful. You know, like now, it was, now you're being so nice. I feel like I need to say something nice about Secret Wars. So. You should. You there should. You yeah. Um, <clears throat> cool when they gave him that black costume. Well, the black costume where Hulk. How about where Hulk's holding up the building? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's lots of cool yeah. fucking shit in, in Secret Wars. Those two parts were pretty cool. Yeah, and I, it was I even like it was even tone. cooler. <laughs> I think it was actually even cooler that um, that they did Secret Wars as happening off in a corner, and yes. and that you know you have one issue they disappear, the next issue yes. people are back, and there are all these changes, and you have to, and you have to read through Secret Wars to discover. The I story think that was it. really cool, actually. Was and cool. I, I tell you, unfortunately, what's really shit was Secret Wars two. Really, really bad. Oh, let's not discuss Secret Wars. No, I know, but but like they <laughs> they 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 got it so right the first time, and they just couldn't help themselves. You know, they were just like, yeah, we've we've got to try again. So interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Now, look, in terms you know, of these comics, I, I I do want to mark them. I think the Superboy robot stuff was was excellent, um, especially for its time period, um, mm-hmm. and and was a lot of fun. And I'd give I'd give those issues. I, I think the issue where Superboy gets laid, you have to give an eight point five to. Uh, purely because he got laid. The original classic, I'd give a seven point five. Superboy's Legion, for me, was a mixed bag. Um, enjoyable, brilliant artwork. Uh, there was a lot going on. It was quite dense. Uh, long I- issues though that helped. I mean, I'd give overall. I'd give it an eight. I think I'm being fair when I say that for both issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it, very enjoyable, and I'm definitely glad I read it. Uh, and it almost makes me wish that they would do a regular. Uh, comic ongoing with this team. You know what I mean? Mm, Legion yeah. comic. They did make... Well, some of them did make an appearance later. Mm-hmm. If you look in um, the Elseworlds JLA Another Nail... Yes. <clears throat> Ultraman and Queen Projectra show up with um, with Ultraman's children. Well, okay. Ultraman and Phantom, Phantom Woman's children, but apparently Phantom Woman had died and and he remarried. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you th- you're saying that you think that's from this continuity then? It is. Um, it's oh. very clearly from it. the The look of the characters fits perfectly. Mm. But does it really work with? Well, um, it doesn't. It doesn't. Exactly, they're from. It works. I'll say it this way. Mm. If you've never read Another Nail, Another Nail. I actually, have. It, I have. Okay. Then, then you know. Basically, it's a really super condensed version of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And by the end of the, by oh, the end, right. of it. and so what we're looking at is time traveling from there, from the that Elseworlds era. You know, from that oh, Elseworlds okay. universe. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths always holds a, a bright spot in my heart because it's how I got a letter from Dick Giordano. That's cool. That would do it. What yep, was that I wrote about? To, oh, I wrote to him complaint um, because <laughs> right after Man of Steel came, came out, and I was like, "Wait a minute, DC, you're you're confusing the hell out of me." Because this is what appeared in at the end of Crisis number twelve, and they're clearly remembering these things. There's all there's all these you know all this stuff that's still there from the Silver Age. It doesn't make sense. Mm. I get a and then I get a letter back, and this is well, this is I. It comes to my dorm because this is my <clears throat> freshman year in college, mm-hmm. and it has a half a page of a standard form letter. You know, thanks, obviously, uh, thank you. Sorry, um, it's impossible for me to answer each letter personally. Blah blah blah, um, and 
has Giordano's signature and then a long handwritten PS down that goes down half the page. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and what and what was he saying? Was was he saying KG Interlax um, or what? Like, yeah, he said we're in a transition transitional period that is difficult for some of our older readers to easily accept. All of your questions will be answered in some way if you're patient. Understand that the vast majority of our readers who are new to DC don't have any problems with what they're doing. That's not to excuse our actions, but to explain them. Mm. And after, and it's because of that that I've always approached com, uh, approached everything comics related with an open <coughs> mind after that. Yeah. And, and how did I know that? I didn't I can tell you, I didn't memorize that. This, I framed the letter. It's above. It's like right up above my desk. That's cool. I was thinking it and, sounded like you were reading it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's right next to uh, Maya Angelou's autograph. Cool. Wow. So. Cool. Yeah, I Is met your, Maya Angelou uh, once too. Cool. She was really cool. Yeah. No, she yeah. was a very. I've heard very, that about her. <laughs> very uh, cool woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Anyway. I mean, that's but that's awesome that Dick Giordano uh, reached out to you as well, and he was the publisher at the yeah. time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was, and that's what keeps me. That that also was what um, eventually brought me back to reading the Legion and <laughs> even and even giving the five year later stuff a shot. Yeah, that's a that's a hard fucking read, frankly. Yes, we, it we, is. We did that on the show, and I'm like as much as as much as Adam likes to tease me. I am a fairly open minded reader, but I and and I've enjoyed nearly all the Legion stuff we've done on the show. But I did find that five year later stuff i i found that quite hard to get through you know like and it was just yeah. it was just but it also seemed very different from anything legion that i'd read before so i was like who is this appealing to i well, didn't seem to be really targeting the fan yeah. base it was it was you know but i always say as a writer myself sometimes the experiments they they can be very interesting even if they don't work yeah you know well yeah i mean at that point in time did, um, Neuromancer had been around for yeah. seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then the rest of the Sprawl trilogy <laughs> had come along. Uh, actually, I I did a uh, I did a first pass on a thesis on Cyberpunk once too. Cool. When I was in grad school. And wow. um, that's cool. Know, so yeah, so yeah, you have that dystopian future stuff that was going on at the time. Sure. Actually, in a way, that is what makes um, Superboy's Legion such a fresh such a fresh feel for me. Yeah. Because it's t- it's adding dystopian elements while keeping some very utopian yeah. visuals. Yep, yep, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I, I hear you. Yeah, it borrows a couple little bits from cyberpunky stuff, but mostly it's just, mm-hmm. like, for example, yeah. when they, was it Rimball? The scene in Rimball where, they, where, where uh, I forget which hero it is. Ultra Boy. Ultra Boy. That scene there, if the whole comic had yeah. been there, it would have been that dark dystopian future, but right. that's only just one mm-hmm. small scene. Yeah, as yeah, I think it's. I, I really, really thought it was well um, thought that the story overall was well crafted. And mm-hmm. if I were to rate it, I, I think I would give it more like a nine, sure, because I feel like it hit most of the beats for the nostalgia's sake too. Mm-hmm. That that it, it hit a nice, it hit a nice balance of nostalgia, and. More modern, uh, more modern aesthetic, mm. but I still would take off that point because Luther is the villain. Come on, yep. yeah, not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I really, really wanted it to be 
they could have they could have actually brought back Pulsar Stargrave and made him oh, into yeah. a well, villain for that. There's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but for the Superboy, the the two Superboy stories, I would give. The, um, I'd probably be about on the same rate range as you, Dave, about a 7.5 for the first one and it, and it, an 8.5 for the, the later one, primarily because it's pretty clear Superboy got Superboy finally got some. He got some finally after years of being hassled and teased and let's and, and probably led on a little bit by Lana Lang. They probably got hot and heavy uh-huh. a few times. Finally, he, he gets some, some satisfaction. Um, Adam, where was where a little mind control, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't my control what she was doing, man. She was responding to the touch. You know, I could write chapters right. about it. You know, it could, it could be a lo- It could be my thesis. The the yeah, the hidden knife. Right. <laughs> um, I'd give an eight to Superboy's Legion. Uh, I'd give an eight to the classic story. I'd give a seven oh. to the, the Bronze Age story. Why? Oh, why? Yeah, a come seven on, why? Yeah, why? Just yeah. to annoy me? Was it just to annoy me? Is that why? I just, you know, <laughs> I was just a little bored by it. I guess felt inessential. <laughs> inessential. Now, would you, I've got a question for you, Adam? Do you agree with me that it might not have been the woman, but it might have just been her ass that he was remembering? It could have been. Yeah, it could have been okay. a very spectacular. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, familiar-looking ass. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to uh, impress that point upon the rate of the listeners, you know. Yes, I, I can I can say, even from my side of the fence, that is um, that is a very difficult-to-forget ass. There, there you yeah. go. See? So we've, we've come full circle. Well, Alan, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the chaos that is the Legion Outpost and putting up with well, myself and Adam debating. Uh, I guess debating is <laughs> a you know, polite term. Um, but it's nice to have someone who's a Superboy supporter, a bit of a booster in the, in the house. And I am impressed by your your recollection of issue numbers because that is something I do not have. And you've just been able to, you know, you've just been able to pull these numbers out and construct debates around it. Very impressive, my friend. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here. I hope I haven't ra- rambled everybody's ears off at this point. That's been good stuff. No, yeah, it's all all good stuff. Adam, as always, a pleasure having you on the outpost, the computer. I think, Adam, you need to go back and maybe do a bit of reprogramming, but maybe a software <laughs> update, because I think Alan's come on and wowee. You know. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I needed to, you know, I needed to rest well, a little bit. But uh, it's always good to have you on the outpost as well, Dave. I enjoy the outpost. Now, I do want to say we are proud members of the collective. There's a lot of shows on there. Obviously, Single and Doom, the flagship show of this network. This, or not even. What am I saying? Network Empire is more is more in line of how I run it. Um, but you've got things in the like uh, Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got featuring mm-hmm. Ghost Rider. You've got Rays uh, Into the Night Moon Knight podcast. You've got Lessons of Krypton with Ray and Connor. Uh, Connor's got his Iron Fist podcast. There's plenty of stuff going on. Ghost Spider groupies. Plenty of good things. Uh, if you want to support this show, and thank you to all the Legionnaires who already do, new people coming on every week. Um, we've recently had on Signal, we had Jam Mateus on. Uh, has Jam Mateus ever done any Legion, guys? Yeah, um, he did the one. Um, yeah. Oh, he did Dr. do one. Uh, yes. Mayavale. Yes, he did. And Yes, um, he did. Yes, and we, we had Chuck Dixon on last week. Um, Jamie DeMatteis is going to come back on the show later on this year when he's promoting some new books, some new Kickstarter stuff. So he's going to come on uh, in the US fall. 
Okay, because I was—it's always the opposite. I have to remember it's the oh, opposite yeah. months because we're in—I'm I'm obviously. If you didn't know, I'm from Sydney, Australia. By the way, Alan. I oh yeah. Mention that. Um, so yeah, so we look. We appreciate that. If you can go to Patreon.com/slash/SignalOfDoom, that's the Patreon feed. Anything goes towards the show. You know, feeds Dave's. You know, it doesn't just go towards my heroin addiction. I try to keep those funds, you know, separate. Um, I, I try my best, don't I, Adam? But, you know, sometimes things get messy late at night. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. You know. I don't know what tax accounting is like down in Australia, but I know at least up, uh, up here in the U.S., you always want to try and... Try and keep you know, try and keep your business and your yeah, your personal, personal accounts a little separate. Try, you, so like, you try, uh, but you, you try, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's four a.m. You know, it, it, it's a Friday night. Who knows what's going on? And that's when things get messy. <laughs> that's when things get traded horse trading. Um, yeah, you know, that's, but, you know, yeah. and for something like the heroin, you, if you can justify it as a business expense, it's a hunger, a, you, you know, know, like anything exactly. else, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> justify it as a as a business expense, I think you're good. Waiting for the man, the Lou Reed song. That's what I always think of. <laughs> now, um, but anyway, I, I do want to say thank you to all our listeners and good night. <laughs>